PWP Nation, where wrestling discussion lives. Well, hello there. Dukes, Keith, and Griff here from the Anything But Credible podcast, a.k.a. the ABC Pod. Fellas? Holla. Oh, hello. We're here to let you know that you could be possibly missing out on the best podcast ever created, aside from the Offended podcast, of course, and you don't want to be missing that. Now, what makes us the best? Griff? Uh, yeah. Great. Keith? Uh, exactly. Look, I'll keep it really simple for you. Crazy people, crazy news, crazy theories, crazy uncredible. That's right. We made that word up. Griff, Keith, say something crazy for me. Quarter Russia Royce wants you to believe in some real. Nice. Look, you can find us just about anywhere that you get your podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at ABC Pod. That's ABC POD. Twitter at underscore ABC Pod and Instagram at ABC Podcast. Check in with us for a new episode every Monday and join the conspiracy to commit stupid. We will see you then and shout out to the offended podcast. Adios. Later, guys. Like you more than a friend. Welcome to Offended, presented by PWP Nation. It's your boy, Tricky, along with Katie, Katie, Naked Lady. What's up? Stoutsy's not here tonight. So what's what's up, you fucking marks? There you go. He's been kind of not hit saying it lately. Because he's a mark. Yeah, he's a fucking mark. This is our big Wrestle Kingdom preview show, Wrestle Kingdom, which... When this episode drops, it will be less than 24 hours when uh, Wrestle Kingdom starts. So listen to this episode right when it comes out. I wish people could hear me say that because they're already listening to this episode. I just thought of that. I need to eat something. You're a little uh, out of it. I'm hungry. I'm like very hungry. It's 1030. We just got done with talking to Tove, Aaron, and JCD uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. We previewed that. So that's basically our whole episode. It's really long. It's a really long episode because we talk about Wrestle Kingdom 13, which is going to be, after talking about it, it just sounds like it's going to be a fucking amazing pay-per-view. Can't wait to hear it. Before we do that, though, we have to do Songs of the Week. And since Jim can't be here tonight, I had KDK Naked Lady come on in to read his songs. Yeah, these are not my these are not my picks. I was going to pick off Flo Rida. Just to piss him off. Just to piss him off. Gotcha. All right. Um, Let's start songs of the week. You want to start? Yeah, I'll start. All right. So the first song that um, Stoutsy gave me is "What's Love" by Fat Joe. Ooh, what's love got to do? Got to do with it. It's a good pick. It's not your pick. No, I didn't know what it good was. Pick, I didn't look him up. What's love? I got that got now. To do. Thanks for singing. That's actually not that song. I just oh. realized it. Oh. <laughs> Stoutsy, we need you here to sing. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. But I forgot the kind of sample, sample that song. Ja Rule's in it, too. Got to do. Got to do with it, babe. It can be about us. It can be about trust, babe. What's love? Turn the fucking mic on. You remember that? No? No. 
I forget that you know nothing when it comes to pop culture. I know. All right, my first song is by a DJ called Weathen. Weathen? Weathen. And the song is Savage. It's a really good song. I like it a lot. They sing that song, Cool Nights, that I like. I don't know which one you're talking about. You definitely know. God, I miss Jim. (laughs) I'm sorry. I miss Jim. Jim, come back. Please come back, Jim. Yeah, please come back. I miss you. (laughs) All right, come on. Okay, second song is Collard Greens by Schoolboy Q. The fuck is that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But you can listen to it on... Offended Spotify playlist. Yeah, maybe in, in like a week because I still haven't gotten Jim's list of songs from last week. Oh, good Jim. God. You need a Spotify playlist manager to make sure you, you upload. That'd be the easiest job ever. I wish that was a real job that I could just do. A real job? Yeah. If somebody paid me to do that, oh my God, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So easy. So easy. My second song is called The World is Crowded by Unknown Moral Orchestra. All right. Mortal Orchestra. Not Moral. No, Mortal Orchestra. Really good song. It has like an old school like vibe to it, and I really, really enjoy it. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's one of those songs you can just roll the windows down to and bang to. At the same time? Maybe. Okay. Noted. Um, song number three is Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so he's got a thing right, that, right now with that? No, I'm just... Just of all the fucking songs that picked by Billy Joel, he picks Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl. Is that the one? Yep. We've been living in a small town world. Alright, so that was Jim's third? Yep. Alright. Alright, my third? My third song is by Coheed and Cambria off their newer album that just came out. The song is called The Gutter, and it sounds like their old style like their old sound like like their old sound from like early 2000s yeah it sounds like like this could be like on the album with uh what's like the big song oh my god i'm drawing the blank yeah i can't walk home Mm -hmm. it could sound it sounds like it could be on that album okay all right i like it a lot all right song number four is waking up in vegas by Katy perry (laughs) really jim (laughs) <laughs> fucking sucks <laughs> maybe he gave me these songs to make me look bad maybe I wish I could like hear him explain why he picked that song <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta remember that for next week why Why did you pick that song you fucking loser he's worse than a mark hmm. Well, I'm just yoking I love marks shut up you're a fucking mark you used kayfabe correctly in a sentence the other day I know of all the terms to use do that solidifies that you're a mark it's because i live with you i have no other choice and you got a kick-ass chompa shirt for i did i got a kick-ass chompa shirt for christmas all right my last two songs i picked them because you were coming on because i knew that you were coming on and for jim's place to do the beginning for the intro um but i you know i picked this song to put on the playlist just because like when i'm with you i always want to die sometimes by the 1975 <laughs> I can I can walk away. I can go to bed. Okay, no. That Fucking song, dick. There is one song I picked for you. This song had nothing to do with it. I just thought it was too good of a joke not to say. <laughs> but I Always Want to Die Sometimes by the 1975. Sounds like a 90s 
like song. Like like this song could have totally have been popular in the nineties. Like even like the instrumentals sounds like it's like an alternative like song from the nineties. I mean the nineties are coming back though. I know. Yep, and they're coming back one more time on the podcast, but we're waiting until Jim can get out of the poop pit and come back to the cockpit. No more poop pit. No. We have to wait. I'm not doing the nineties episode when we when we can't see each other. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because, like, it wouldn't make sense because it's, like, what's the 90s? They didn't have Skype then. You guys could do it over, like, walkie-talkies. Fuck no. Don't don't say that because Jim would be like, that's a good idea. <laughs> All right, what's the All last right. song? Last song is Fireflies by Owl City. Oh, God, dude, no. This is <laughs> the most disgusting playlist ever. He made me look bad. Yeah, he did. He did it totally on purpose. I should have went with Flo Rida. I actually think... Um, He's picked What's Love by Fat Joe. This I feel like this is this third or fourth time picking this song for Songs of the Week. <laughs> I don't know why. But he loves that song. Uh, my number one is Little of Your Love by Haim. Oh, I love that song. I know. That's why I picked it. See? Points. Maybe. It's a good song. Yeah, you put it on my first playlist ever. I know, and then you just fell in love with my penis after that. So anyway, that was Songs of the Week. And you can go check out our playlist on Spotify, on Spotify at Offended Presents Songs of the Week. All right, up next is your long, 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 long preview of Wrestle Kingdom 13. But before... All right, we now welcome on from PWP Nation to discuss Wrestle Kingdom that's coming this Friday. Uh, we have Toph and Aaron from PWP Nation. How are you boys doing? Good. Good. Happy to be on. And uh, Wrestle Kingdom, less than 24 hours away. So, yep, I'm doing good. Doing good, too. And uh, as we record this, the uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom Fiesta starts at, I think, 10 Eastern Standard Time, I believe. Gotcha. Nice, nice, nice. All right, let's get into it. Wrestle Kingdom. Let's just start it off. First match, the pre-show match. We got a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the never open weight six-man tag team championships. We got the most violent players. And here we go. Tofa, I already need your help. <laughs> Raisuke, uh, tag, I can't even. I can't even do it. <laughs> Taguchi. Is that how you? Is it just Taguchi? You're talking about uh, Taguchi, the guy in the green pants that's always like, yes. wanting people to touch his butt and stuff. <laughs> See, this is this this is the match that's going to be like really hard for me to like get through with the names because then we also have they they wrestle Chaos, and then they wrestle Suzuki Gun, the Elite, and uh, Nagata, Jeff Cobb, and Jeff Finley. Actually, I guess that wasn't too bad. You mean you mean you mean David Finley? Yeah, David Finley. They say. Did I say just Finley? No, you said Jeff. Oh, yeah, that's who I meant. <laughs> so, right. gee, I'm just going to let the listeners know I'm hungover, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, this this match is um, a little disappointing for me because um, I really look forward to the New Japan Rumble every year, um, and this is in place of that, which is really disappointing. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's 
I mean, granted, it should be a lot of fun because, you know, New Japan really does a good job with these kind of gauntlet, uh, Royal Rumble, Battle Royal type matches. Um, and it has a lot of implications because the winner of this of this match faces the never open weight champions, uh, six man champions the next night at new year's dash. Um, so that, that should be very interesting as far as where they decide to go with those titles. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we can all agree that the elite probably won't win this match. Yeah, most likely not. Yeah. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Tof? Yeah, no, 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 it won't be in there. So we got the, uh, Okay, so the team names are, I just got the uh, card put up in front of me. Sorry about that. Uh, so you got the most violent players, Makabe, Yano, and Taguchi. Then you got Nagata, who I believe is replacing Elgin. I think Elgin's got some type of knee injury. So yeah. Nagata, Cobb, and Finley. Chaos, you got Goto, and uh, best friends, Barad and Chucky <laughs> T. Then Suzuki Goon. Uh, I always call him Suzuki Gun, but you're supposed to say Suzuki Goon. Uh, Suzuki and the uh, Killer Elite Squad. And you got the Elite, uh, Hangman, Marty, and Yujiro. So, um, yeah, Elite's not winning, obviously. And really, this just kind of shows you how competitive it is just to get a spot. Wrestle Kingdom, a lot of New Japan fans are kind of upset. Suzuki doesn't have a singles match. Uh, Goto doesn't have a singles match. Uh, it is what it is, man. Wrestle Kingdom's just it's very difficult to get a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. So... Um, but yeah, the Elite's not winning, and um, Taguchi is always good for a comedy spot. Uh, to any WWE fans, I would almost compare Taguchi to kind of like Santino, uh, back when Santino was around. They always, WWE would always like have Santino in some kind of comic spot, like in the Rumble, or remember that time he was in the chamber, and he almost won? What was that, like 2011, whatever oh, year yeah, that was? Oh that. my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they always they always have Taguchi. He's always in the mix in some like tag team thing, but like he never actually wins most of the time. So and, and make no mistake about Taguchi, he's a very good worker as well. I think people yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of lose yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Was um, was the Santino thing was was that against Brian? Was Brian the champion in that match? Yes, he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah he was. They had built it up like they they built it up like in some rocky thing. They really made you think he was gonna win. Yeah, so. <laughs> like pulled out the snake and you know people were going nuts. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Um, I think uh, probably Suzuki Goon will probably win because uh, Suzuki Goon. I mean, I wouldn't bet against Suzuki because he'd probably kill me. So you know. <laughs> so for me for this match, I kind of have like a little bit of a convoluted storyline that I think is gonna take place. I think Chaos is gonna win this. Um, I think the, the storyline with Chucky e. T has been really interesting. And I think, I think considering Jay White, we'll talk about him a little bit later on, obviously. I, I think we're going to see Chaos versus the Elite um, the next night in New Year's Dash. Well, the Elite, not necessarily the Elite, but, uh, you know, uh, G.O.D. and, uh, and uh, uh, Ishimori. Um, those, those three are the, the champions at the moment. I could honestly see Chucky e. T um, them finally paying that off at New Year's Dash and finally turning him and making him a member of uh, the new Bullet Club or the OG Bullet Club, as as uh, Tomatonga would say. So that's my pick, is I think Chaos is probably going to uh, go over here as like the baby faces on the main show or on the pre-show, and then the next night I think Chucky e. T or Trent Beretta. I think they might do a bait-and-switch with, with making you think Chucky e. T is the one that's going to turn and then turning Trent instead. But it should be interesting. I, I, I'm going to go with Chaos for this match. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Tof. I think uh, Suzuki and definitely I think is gonna go over Adam. I don't know. 
I just can't, like a toast said, I can't go against Suzuki. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, let's move on to, I guess, the actual show. I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, first off, for the singles match for the Never Openweight Championship, Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay. Uh, in my opinion, this might be the match of the night. And I'm really looking forward to this match. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. Um, these two are world-class athletes in their own ways. Um, I'm interested. I'm really interested to see this style kind of play out because we, we saw a little bit of it in the... Uh, they had a tag match earlier in December with these two like being able to finally get in the ring together. And the interaction was really good. And, you know, Abushi has this weird thing where... I call it the Okada factor, where he has this level of uh, in a match where he can take it from that fifth gear to that sixth gear that no, not a lot of guys have. And I would say that this is going to be a coming out party for Will Ospreay and kind of really testing the boundaries as a uh, open weight or a heavyweight that they eventually want to transition him into. Um, and the fact that he's going to get a chance at this overweight title or open weight title would 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 make you think that they're going to go ahead and try to make him a heavyweight and move him out of the juniors. Um, and I think winning this match would make a lot of sense because what better way to test him as a heavyweight than give him the open weight championship where he can kind of play with those uh, juniors as well as, you know, challenge some of those heavyweights. And if, if Osprey isn't a good fit with the heavyweights, you can always pull it back and you never really truly committed to him as a heavyweight. So I'm going to go with Will Osprey here. Um, and Kota Ibushi, really, I have no idea what this guy is going to do. Especially with with uh, all the wrestling coming out, um, obviously the news broke this week. I don't know what this guy is going to end up doing. He's he's notorious for being a, a free uh, an open soul, free soul. Doesn't really sign with anybody. Kind of just always floats around promotions. Um, but for me, I, I think Will Osprey is going to go over here. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, Aaron. I think Will Osprey is definitely going over. I just. Yeah, I don't know. What's what do you think uh, Kota Bushi is going to do, Toph? Do you think he stays in New Japan or he, does he follow along with the elite? I think he'll do whatever Kenny does. Yep. Um, so the story for this match is uh, I'll, I'll try to explain the stories for each match. Okay. So uh, the Never Openweight Championship. You know, firstly, there's a lot of titles in New Japan. Big criticism. It's not just WWE that gets that criticism. And um, the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, hence the name Openweight. Uh, it's supposed to be a championship that is open. So it doesn't matter if you're a heavyweight, a middleweight, junior weight, anyone is eligible to challenge for it. And it's kind of like their third tier title, sort of. I would kind of compare it, I guess, to any WWE fans to like the European title or the hardcore title. It's like a third tier title. And it's never really kind of gotten off the ground. So what ended up happening was uh, when Shibata was still around, uh, guys like Shibata and Ishii and Suzuki and Goto, a lot of strong style people kept winning the belt. So people started to associate it as the strong style title, which is cool, but that's still not what the belt's supposed to represent. Anyway, uh, Goto has spent most of his career as the never openweight championship. It's basically just been his championship so uh, Taichi, hilarious gimmick, Taichi from Suzuki Gun, he, he uh, became a heavyweight last year, since we're in 2019 now, and uh, he beat Goto, he became the new Never Openweight Champion, and then when he was the Never Openweight Champion, he got pinned by Will Ospreay, and so that was kind of their way 
of trying to transition Will into a heavyweight. And so he was going to challenge Taishi, but then Will got hurt. So then when Will got hurt, uh, Goto fought uh, Taishi again. And then Goto beat Taishi, unfortunately. So it was a very short-lived run. Uh, be on the lookout for Taishi, though. He's getting better. So then um, after Goto won, he, there was this hilarious story where he kept challenging Ibushi. And Ibushi was like, nah. It's kind of like if you're like at a job interview and like the manager's trying to give you a job and you're like, nah, kind of. So he's like kind of harassing Ibushi. So then finally Ibushi accepts the challenge. And then while that happens, uh, Will Ospreay fights Taishi. And the winner of that match uh, fights whoever the never openweight champion is at Wrestle Kingdom. So Ibushi won his match against Goto. And then Will Ospreay won his match against Taishi, setting up uh, Ospreay versus Ibushi for the never title. At Wrestle Kingdom, uh, this will be the opener. Hopefully, these two don't kill each other because you know that's probably <laughs> what they're thinking. Um, uh, I really don't know who's going to win. Uh, pretty much what Aaron said is accurate. Uh, Ibushi's notorious for just being a free spirit, and I've said before, like unless he shows New Japan a serious commitment, like he's never winning a title. Like yep. I've, I've said before, Ibushi's one of the most talented guys in the world that just never really has a title, and he never has a title because promotions just don't trust him enough to you know put a belt on him because mm-hmm. he's just going to go from place to place uh, i remember taz uh you know taz has a podcast too and uh taz mostly keeps his cool and i remember how upset he was when they did the uh the cruiserweight classic and i think like i think they were at the quarterfinals at that point and it had been revealed that abushi hadn't signed and taz was like what the hell like why was abushi even that late in the tournament and i'm like well he was that late because he was good and the fans were into him. Yeah, because so. his but, name um, is Kota Ibushi. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. So just simply based off the fact that Will Ospreay is going to show a more long-term commitment, I'm just assuming that uh, he'll win the match. And, and with Will Ospreay as the never-openweight champion, it'll, it'll make the division more interesting because you're going to see more diversity of challengers. Because he's not that big, but he's not a small guy either so i think with will osprey as champion you might finally start to see some actual diversity in this title i'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he can do with the belt but i'll predict will to win because i think coda's just going to do whatever kenny does gotcha 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 yeah looking at the card with some of the elite people that are wrestling on this card it's almost sucks because i feel like it gives away you know the ending of those matches like especially like cody against juice or yeah and kenny versus tanahashi i feel like i just i don't know i just don't see cody or kenny winning that match or those matches yeah i would agree with you i mean we'll we'll get to that when we get to the matches yeah right all right so next up let's go to the three-way tag team match for the iwgp junior heavyweight tag team championships and Toph, I'm going to let you take this one because I'm not even going to attempt it. I really wanted to see you try that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to pass. Yeah, it's a hard All pass. Right, so, <laughs> all right, so representing Suzuki Goon, we got Kanamaru and we got El Desperado. I love El Desperado. He's one of my favorite uh, performers. They're the uh, IWGP Junior Champions. We got Rapongi 3K, Sho and Yo, and then we got Bushi and Shingo representing LIJ. Shingo, uh, basically, he just came from Dragon Gate. Big acquisition for New Japan. He was one of the bigger stars. So, uh, I need more Shingo in my life. What's that? I need more Shingo. 
are you a Shingo guy? I love Shingo. Yeah. That's a cool name, Shingo. I feel like by I the can way, name By the way, this guy's not a junior. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not a junior. <laughs> I don't I don't junior. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's about. He's when I first saw him, I'm like, Are you sure this dude's a junior? And I'm, I looked up his weight and I was like, Okay, I guess they're just stretching or something <laughs> i mean if he's a junior then what's his name the dude what's buddy murphy he's not a cruiserweight he's like 206 <laughs> or something but i guess they gotta like didn't he like not make the, the cut once because he like weighed in 206 or something in one of those episodes yeah something? yeah that was a story that was going on for a while that he couldn't make weight yeah i'm, I'm pretty sure buddy murphy's like 208 they're definitely exaggerating that weight but <laughs> anyway <laughs> that's another story all right, so the story here is uh, basically uh, Kanemaru and Desperado have been champions for a while now. They've been champions for like a year. Um, they're pretty much your clear-cut heel tag team. Um, they're a very good team, but there's always shenanigans with them. If you like the Revival back in their NXT days, you'll like these two. There's always shenanigans. They're about to lose, and there's always something. Like uh, I think Kanemaru always carries a beer bottle with him, kind of like James Storm. Sometimes he'll spit like in the ref's face or spit in their face or sometimes uh, Desperado will hit a well-timed low blow like Hanakamara does or foot on the ropes or salt powder like just 80s heat. So they've been champions for a while and um, I believe they beat Rapungi 3K show and yell. I think they beat them for it. So they did the uh, the uh, Super Junior Tag League, which is now and it's, it used to be like a bracket format tournament, but now it's like an actual block, sort of like how G1 does it. And um, in the block, it came down to, I believe, I think Rapongi, they beat them in the finals. But earlier in the tournament, they lost. Rapongi lost to Bushi and Shingo. So it's like they, so they beat the champions, but they lost to the new team, Shingo and Bushi. So I guess they decided to just go ahead and uh, add Bushi and Shingo into the match. Uh, Hiromu, one of the more uh, popular New Japan stars, uh, he suffered a really life-threatening injury uh, earlier in 2018, and so that left LIJ one member short, and then sometime later, Naito was teasing a new member, and then it ended up being Shingo, and they've teamed up Bushi, who I always thought kind of got like the short end of the stick, so now that he's with uh, Shingo, he's finally getting you know some, some screen time again. And so basically, we're just going to have a three-way match. It's going to be Suzuki-Gun and Rapongi, and it's going to be Bushi and Shingo. Predicting a winner, uh, I don't think Suzuki-Gun's going to retain here. I think they're going to lose. They've had the belts for a while now. They've had it for over a year. So they're definitely going to drop it. Uh, New Japan management's really high on Rapongi 3K. Um, I don't mind them, but I'm not like super in love with them either. I'm a, I'm a huge LIJ mark. Uh, I, I like mark out for everything LIJ. So... Uh, my heart tells me that Bushi and Shingo will win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rapongi 3K wins because they're a big um, New Japan experiment. Uh, Rocky Mamero trains them, and uh, Gato likes them. So um, it's, I, I can't pick. It's like a 50-50 coin toss. This will be a good match. If you're not familiar with any of these guys, and I imagine most casual fans who are just watching for the later matches probably never seen any of these dudes perform before, you're in for a treat. Really fun tag team wrestling, but... Gun to head. If I had to pick one, I'll pick. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and pick Bushi and Shingo just because. Gotcha, gotcha. Rapongi three K. They wrestled the Young Bucks last year at Wrestle Kingdom, didn't they? Yes, yes. they did mm-hmm. in the opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this match I really I had no clue <laughs> going in on this preview, but I'm gonna pick them just because 
I watched their matches last year. So <laughs> Rapongi 3K is my pick. Yeah, for me, I mean, I think it's time for Rapongi 3K to head down to uh, Mexico for some excursion. I think it's. Uh, I think they're they're. I think their gimmick has kind of grown tired on me a little bit, um, and mm-hmm. I think they're they're entering a Naito um, area where they're they're popular. But I think if they continue with this this um, version of this group, I think fans are going to start to turn on them. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys go away sometime this year for um, a little trip to Mexico and get kind of a little bit more experience down there and, and maybe even turn heel when they come back. Um, but for me, I'm going with Bushi and Shingo. I, I think you, you just brought in Shingo, you know, an impressive guy who um, a lot of people seem to like. I, I don't see why you wouldn't put the title, put some titles, some gold around them, um, especially LIJ's had a pretty rough 2018, to be honest with you. Um, so they deserve a little bit of gold here. So uh, considering that I'm not too high on Rapungi 3K, I'm going to go with Bushi and Shingo. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go to the next match on the card, the British Heavyweight Championship match between Zack Sabre Jr. and, let me try this one, Tomo Hiro Ishii? You're Ishii. really, really close. You're really close. Ishii. Yeah. You got the first name right, though. Wait, wait, I got the first name right? Yep. Oh, yeah, shit. Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, everyone Ishii. just calls him Ishii, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's say, like, till this day, I still cannot say Okada's first name for the life of me. And it <laughs> drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> when we get up there, you're going to try it. Yep. All right, I'll try it. But, all right, who you guys got for this match? Our Ishii versus Zack Sabre. Admittedly, I don't really know the story that much for this match. They'll be defending, um, Ishii will be defending the Ref Pro British Heavyweight Championship. So, that's cool for New Japan. Uh, the past few Wrestle Kingdoms, well, not last year, but the, the two prior to that, the Ring of Honor title got defended. And last year, of course, there was no defense because uh, Cody lost it before Wrestle Kingdom. So this year, um, they're defending Ref Pro. So that's cool. Uh, good, good representation for them. I know Suzuki was the champion, and he lost it to Ishii. And New Japan management really likes Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I don't care for him at all. But they like him, and Zack Sabre Jr. is part of Suzuki Goon. And Suzuki's in great shape, even though he's like 50-something. I got to really be careful because I don't want Suzuki to kill me. But um, <laughs> uh, they're grooming. Zach, they're clearly grooming Zack Sabre to basically be the eventual leader once Suzuki steps down and chooses to you know, do something else. So uh, they're having Zack Sabre uh, feud with Ishii. And, um, you know, Ishii, and Zack Sabre is a, is a big name. Um, and the the UK market, obviously. So him being Rev Pro champion would be good business for them. Um, Ishii's a great performer. Um, I would almost kind of compare him kind of to a Dolph Ziggler. Not mm-hmm. Ziggler now, but like where Ziggler was like, say, I don't know, 2012, 2013. Like there was a period. You remember that time when Ziggler was like money in the bank holder like for a year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And everybody like, was, was marking out about him. Yeah, yeah, it was a period like when Ziggler was like couldn't have a bad match with anybody, and he was the money in the bank. That was like the period when he had Big E and AJ with him, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Man, just push this dude, just push." That's basically like where Ishii is. A lot of fans feel him that way. When they had the G One last year, he had like the best matches with everybody. Uh, his match with Kenny was with Omega was uh, amazing. He had great matches with pretty much everybody. 
Um, he's a short dude, too. I met him in person. He's not tall. He's he's very short, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but he reminds me a lot of Benoit because Benoit wasn't very tall either, Who? but Benoit Who? was just Who? very aggressive, you know? So, but uh, anyway, his nickname is the Pitbull, so it's probably why. But um, <laughs> Ishii's cool. He's he's cool. He's cool. But uh, he's been stuck. Ishii's been stuck for a while in New Japan. He's been stuck in that kind of I don't want to say mid card, but he's always like in the never open weight conversation. But you never really see him like in the intercontinental scene or the IWGP scene. Like he can put up a believable threat, but like he just he's never really has that 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 thing. He's he's stuck. Kind of like how WWE Ziggler stuck, Ishii stuck. So he he started to kind of work other promotions, and you know he's working Ref Pro. So good for him. Um, this will be a cool match. Again, not a fan of Zack Saber. He's very boring to me. I love his pairing with Taka though. Taka's cool. I don't mind. I don't mind Zack with Taka. Um, I'm just gonna assume Zack Saber will win because I mean he's he's a British dude. It's a British title. So mm-hmm. it just it just makes sense for him to win, I guess. So, but um, this would be a unique match, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, with what you said with Zack Saber Jr., it totally seems like they're pushing him like big time as to be like the, like kind of like the next big heel over there. I want to say, and this is coming yeah. from a pretty casual New Japan watcher, but I mean. He seemed to be like almost everywhere last year, and I just feel like if he's getting a spot on this card, I just feel like they're definitely pushing him towards something. So I could totally see him going over in this match for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you, um, Todd. I think that's who I have winning this match. Ishii, the, the 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 comparison of Dolph Ziggler is incredibly spot on. Um, Ishii is is the guy who can never win the big one. That's kind of his his whole storyline or his character um he puts on the best matches always but it just he can't they, he can't seem to break through that ceiling and, and uh, you know when you look at this card you know I, I don't see who he beats out as far as you know star power or who you would like to see him booked over i mean okada you want him, you want to see him booked better than okada naito tanahashi i mean any of these guys i just don't see who he who he can really elevate himself over so i kind of understand why he's always been put in this role um and then for Saber, I mean, as, although Toph is not a huge fan of his, I think this match is going to be really, really interesting. De- depending on how much time they give it, some of these early matches they only give like eight to ten minutes, and and you could see that the performers go right into the finish as soon as the match starts, mm-hmm. um, which which is a little bit disappointing when you want to see some of these really long form matches that. You know, you don't really often get to see from some of these guys. But if given time, I really think this match could steal the show, depending on what they do with it. Um, Ishii hits like a freaking bulldozer. Um, so I'm really interested to see how Zack Sabre Jr. takes those, mm. th- takes that punishment. Um, but yeah, I'm going Zack Sabre here. I mean, it makes, like Toph said, it makes sense. He's he's British, and there's a British world title here. So <laughs> I heard a lot of stuff about, about him. Um in 2015, and I actually saw him. I don't think I've ever told this story to you guys before. Um, I actually saw him at an indie show about three years ago, and he wrestled uh, Cedric Alexander. It was right before the Cruiserweight Classic happened. I actually saw him wrestle in person, and I legitimately fell asleep, not being <laughs> an asshole. I, I, I literally fell asleep watching his match. That's how boring he was. 
To be honest and, with you, Toph, I think you're. I think this just goes back to your whole vendetta against British wrestling. No, 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 no. I can see why you would say that. I just no because I'll tell you. I'll tell you that's not true because I saw him in person and I was like, this dude's boring. Like, why is he a big deal? Then when they did the Cruiserweight Classic, um, I saw Jack Gallagher, and it was the first time I ever saw Jack Gallagher. I never heard of him. I didn't know who this guy was. And Jack Gallagher only had like two matches in the CWC. And, uh, and those two matches, I was more impressed by him than anything Zack Sabre did that whole tournament. I thought, I thought Gallagher did everything better in a more entertaining fashion. Uh, he, had a better, he, had a, he had a better presence. I liked his entrance more. I just thought he was better. Um, they, they say that Zack Sabre is a really good technical wrestler. And I think that's kind of where my disconnect comes in because people compare him to Dean Malenko and Bret Hart. And that offends me as a fan because Bret Hart and Dean Malenko were great technical wrestlers, but they had high spots too. Like Bret Hart had the superplex, the, the, the jumping elbow from the top rope, uh, the running bulldog. Dean Malenko had the leg lariat, the brain buster, the gory special. Remember that move where like he would put you like on his shoulders and then kind of like throw you onto his knee? Like Bret and Dean did actual crowd popping moves. Yeah. Zack Sabre, he doesn't do any crowd popping moves. That's all he technical. Yeah, it's all technical. There's no, there's no high flying spots. There's no strikes. It's just submission, 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 submission. It's like holy hell! Like, do something else. It's so boring. And then most of the time, when he gets you to tap out, right? Like one of the best parts about submission wrestling, right, is when you're in a submission move and then you see the person tap. Because when you see a person tap, that visual lets the fans know, oh man. This guy's about to lose. Like, for instance, right? I know, I know you never care for him, Aaron, but CM Punk versus Jericho. They had a match oh. at WrestleMania. <laughs> they had a match. They match at WrestleMania, right? I think there was this very end of the match. Like, Punk put Jericho in the Anaconda Vice. Then Jericho, like, kneed Punk in the head, turned him into, like, the walls of Jericho. Then Punk slithered out of it, put him into the Anaconda Vice. Jericho tried to knee him again, but then Punk, like, altered his body where Jericho couldn't reach it anymore, and you could see his hand was, like, about to tap, and you could see fans pop, 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 and then finally when he tapped out, fans pop. But then, like, when Zack Sabre Jr. makes you tap out, he puts you in these convoluted submissions where you can't even, you can't even move your hand. So I guess you have to verbally say you quit, and then the ref just rings the bell, and you're just kind of like, huh? Like, what? Like, what? Was Is it that his- how the match ends? Was it his match against Noam Dar in the Cruiserweight Classic where he like bent his like arms back and like started headbutting like his shoulder? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Noam Dar is boring too. The only reason he even has a job is because he spent battles like BFF in real life. But for, for the record, another person from the UK, another person from the UK, Tofates is Noam Dar. He's not good. He's not. <laughs> he's not good at all. He's not good. The only reason he has a job is because he's spent battles likes him and because this man thought Alicia Fox was funny. He's he's not even good. But yeah, the UK fan base is, is very cancerous. I mean oh. that's not a story. But anyway. I want a whole hour long podcast of Toph just ripping on UK fans. See, that's funny. what I want. I actually love I mean, the UK fans too. Like I yeah. <laughs> oh man, what was I gonna say? Oh Toph, there is one match. I don't know if you have if you've seen it or not, and I don't know if you'll watch it, but Zack Sabre Jr. and PWG against Marty Skrull in that match is fucking match. amazing. All right, I'll watch that. I do like Marty. See, yeah. I like Marty. I don't hate all of them. 
<laughs> yeah, they uh, actually those two, <laughs> those two actually have really good chemistry together. They've wrestled a few times, I think, over in PWG, and they their, their matches are fucking brutal. Mm. Well, I mean, the one thing I will say, Toph, is I think you can agree that the eventual split of Saber off of Suzuki Gun, which would lead to an eventual Suzuki versus uh, Zack Saber Junior match, I think you can agree that could be something that you might be interested in. Yeah, I'd be down for that. And before we continue, uh, you know, I think you guys mentioned the whole uh, AEW thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think uh, right now, uh, the only thing I'll really say about AEW, because I want to focus more on Wrestle Kingdom, I think PWG is going to be hit the hardest from AEW, in my opinion. Because now, um, if you look at, if you go on Wikipedia and if you just go through like PWG champions, right? PWG champions is basically a who's who of people who eventually end up in either WWE, um, Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever, right? So when this a- when this AEW thing takes off, basically you're going to have scouts from WWE, scouts from AEW, scouts from New Japan. There's going to be like three different scouting recruiting teams um, like that are going to go to PWG. Well, especially that uh, Battle of Los Angeles tournament they always do. Th- that thing, I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of those. Those things are so hard to get tickets to. They're so elusive, man. Will Smith, yeah, Will Smith, the celebrity, he tweeted once. like He actually tried to buy a ticket and he couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Topanga from Boy Meets World gets a ticket. How? <laughs> how? I mean, she's cute, but still, how? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what was uh, Rebecca Romain, or I think she actually is married to him right now. Uh, her husband apparently goes to those shows like all the time. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I forget his name. He was in Scream, I think he was. I, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, mm. can't, I can't remember his name. He's goofy-looking motherfucker. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Oh, actually, real quick, since you brought that up, you said PWG was probably going to be hurting the most from AEW. Do you think the casual fans now who watch New Japan for, say, like Kenny and like uh, the Elite, do you think that's going to hurt their viewership as well. I think Ring of Honor is going to get hurt the most. Oh, yeah. Um, they're going to have to actually start pushing their own guys. And uh, a good portion of the Ring of Honor fan base was the elite fan base. So if AEW makes their own promotion, they're not going to watch Ring of Honor. Because I, it's I all think with, leaving. with New Japan, I think they're the hottest commodity right now. And I think they don't need anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to do the U.S. expansion with or without the elite or the young bucks or that that general population of fans um mm. and i think everyone's going to kind of bid for new japan's services because i think mm. i think all elite wants to work with them they've been very out front and said that openly um i think you like you said tope i think ring of honor is really the one that is has to be a little worried because a lot of the reason why people like ring of honor is because the elite so Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much. You know, am I gonna am I gonna pay to watch Dalton Castle main event against Jay Lethal? I mean, probably not. You yeah. know, I, you know, so it's 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 tough for them. I, I I but I will say, Ring of Honor. We're getting on a whole side tangent because I, I I've been wanting to talk about All Elite for a while, and the thing with with Ring of Honor is they have money that backs them up with Sinclair Broadcasting. They they have um their own well of 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 money that they can go to if they need to um. So it's it's going to be interesting the next couple of years with with them New Japan All Elite even Impact who who have been openly trying to partner with somebody they've they were rejected by New Japan earlier in the year they even went to WWE and tried to <laughs> tried to do something with them so 
it's really uh, I, 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 we can talk about this forever, but um, I think yeah, our Ring of Honor is going to be um, they, they should be they, concerned. Yeah, they got some money though because uh, I, I know his name. He was part of All In. I had never heard of him before All In. He was in the main event. Uh, Bandito. Oh yeah, the dude, the mask. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ring of Honor signed him. And they and way I, overpaid for him too. Yeah, yeah, they overpaid him, and I know, uh, I know Triple H was trying to get him. So for so that basically means that Bandito look at looked at whatever offer WWE was offering, and basically chose the Ring of Honor offer. So the fact that he chose the Ring of Honor offer, I'm very curious to see what that contract was. You know, so th- clearly they 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 paid that guy the world. So if they have to, they got the money in the storage. Um, last part here, I don't, I don't want to mention WWE that much, but, you know, uh, relating to AEW, if I'm WWE, I don't know what's going on. It's time to start pushing Almas because uh, Almas wants out. And the thing about it is we always give Dario, you know, shit, but say what you want about him. It was actually Dario that convinced Almas to stay because uh, uh, Almas wanted to quit. I think it was a year and a half ago he wanted to quit. And uh, Dario basically said, no, nah, man, stay. Just stay for a bit. And he did. And it got better for him. And, and they paired him up with uh, Selena Vega. And it worked out for him. But uh, there's a lot of reports that are saying that Almas isn't happy. And he's going to quit. So if I'm WWE, um, I'm pushing him. Or I would start to push him. Make him you know, feel comfortable. Because I could totally see like an Almas just quitting or leaving. Letting his contract expire. And then going to you know somewhere else or something. But yeah. So- it's actually funny that you brought that up because I was looking at um, the Vegas odds for the Royal Rumble winners today, and Almas was actually in like third, like in the running. Like, yes, that surprises me actually. Which I'm, I like it, but it surprises me. It it doesn't surprise me that much because they got two Rumbles now, and you know they, you know they they they're gonna the females are main eventing this year, so the the male Rumble is not a priority this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's pretty much a given. I think we pretty much have an idea anyway of what the the raw title match doesn't really need a rumble winner for it to happen. I, I think um, a SmackDown guy will win this year. But um, yeah, those rumble odds sometimes uh, sometimes they're right and sometimes they're really off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was two years ago when Orton won. I think Baron Corbin was leading the rumble odds. I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Let's get back to uh, Wrestle Kingdom here. Let's go to the uh, three-way tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. We got Gorillas of Destiny with Tamatanga and Tangaloa. They'll defend their titles against LIJ, San... Oh, my God. This is such an easy name to say, and I almost just screwed it up. San... I might... I can't say it. Let's go ahead. Tofu. Sonata. <laughs> Yeah, Sonata and Evil versus the Young Bucks and Matt and Nick Jackson. No, 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 no. It's right. Evil. Yes. You gotta, you gotta put. Yeah, Evil. Yeah. How do that's I? Why, that's the only reason I wanted John here yeah. for that. Evil. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. So this story yeah. is actually pretty simple. This is one of the more um, simple and probably one of the more predictable matches on the card. So um, Sonata and Evil won tag league last year, and then they beat Killer Elite Squad. And the uh, Wrestle Kingdom to win tag championships. Then shortly after that, uh, the Young Bucks transitioned into heavyweights. 
Sonata and Evil lost to the Young Bucks. Young Bucks became the champions. And then, uh, you know, once the whole Bullet Club Civil War thing came to an end and, uh, you know, the Tongans jumped them and stuff, uh, the Young Bucks fought the Gorillas of Destiny at um, whatever that show was. And, and they had a Cali show towards the later half of last year. I forgot. So many wrestling shows. I'm just forgetting the names. They're just kind of blending together. But the Young Bucks lost to the Gorillas of Destiny. And so then after the Young Bucks lost... Um, they did tag league again last year where the finals was the gorillas against, uh, Sonata and evil Sonata and evil won, And, you know, per the rules, the tag league winners fight the champions, but then the young bucks came out and basically said, well, you know, we beat Sonata and evil, you know, and we never got our rematch. Uh, the segment was very awkward because you could see the fans in that arena were they were into Sonata and evil. And they were into uh, Gorilla's Destiny. But when the Young Bucks came out, it was like crickets. Yep. And I was like, wow. Um, yeah. So some of the elite, it's not a it's not a majority. It's a silent, moderate amount of people. Um, some fans are uh, resentful towards the elite. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, um, they just, because the Young Bucks were not in Tag League. I, I probably should have mentioned that. They were not in Tag League. So it's like, all of Tag League happens, and then Young Bucks show up and basically just input themselves in a title match. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, some fans are, are getting tired of the Elite because the whole... Like, the reason why I love them is why other people hate them. Like, the most entertaining thing about being the Elite has always been the whole will they, won't they go mm-hmm. to WWE. I, I, I love the references, the, the stuff. Like, I think it's hilarious. But to some fans, they've just gotten tired of it. And it's like, you know, because it's coming at the expense of other teams or other people. So not all members of the elite, just some of them, mainly the Bucks and Cody, which we'll get to Cody next. So I just thought it was really telling for the Bucks to come out there um, and announce themselves to be in the match. And they just got like no reaction from that fan base. Um, it's, it's really hit or miss for them. So I'm very convinced But even before the AEW stuff happened. I was convinced that the Bucks were in this match to take the pin. I think that's why they're in this match. I think they're in this match to take the pin, and uh, they're going to do the honors. And that'll be it for them in New Japan. And they're going to focus fully on AEW. As far as who wins this match, though, uh, it's really hard because they're really trying to get over this whole uh, cutthroat era bullet club thing. But like Aaron said earlier, LIJ didn't have a good 2018. So it's like a coin toss here. Mm. Um I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to predict... Uh, well, I, I predicted Shingo and uh, Bushi to win earlier, so I don't think LIJ will have that much gold. I'll, I'll predict uh, Gorillas of Destiny to win, to retain here. Um, but I, it could go either way. But the one thing I'm definitely certain on is that the Young Bucks will take the pin. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. And did we just have a little uh, like mid-match running just now? Well, whenever there's incoherent noise, we know who, who just popped on the stream. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say about Dan. Mary. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, if, so if that reaction is perfect, <laughs> welcome Hello. JCD. Welcome to the show. You're a little late. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to behave. We're on the uh, triple threat IWGP tag team match right now for the titles. Okay. Um, perfect timing for your catchphrase. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, evil. Oh, e- yeah. 
Um, evil. Yeah, Chris <laughs> knows I've been an evil mark for years. Um, it doesn't. No. Um, yeah, I, I, Gorilla's a destiny, and the Bucks will probably take the fall. I, I can't see it going any other way. I, I, I don't know if you guys have touched on it much, and maybe Chris could, but I'm pretty sure that the elite guys are going to pretty much get jobbed out Friday morning. I'm pretty bad too. I mean, does that seem like a common thread? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I don't see any other way of uh, getting around this match than besides the young bucks winning or, uh, or taking the fall here. Excuse me. Um, Gorillas of destiny have been kind of getting a push lately with the OG BC thing that they're going to be pushing soon. And, you know, the Tonga seems to be somebody that they really hold in a high regard. I don't see how Gorillas of Destiny don't don't retain here. Well, I mean, I can even see a case for Evil and Sonata because, you know, how well they've, you know, I mean, for the most part, other than losing, I mean, they had a pr- pretty decent 2018. Evil had a good run, even losing, you know, the fact that he worked with Jericho says a lot about mm-hmm. You know where he is. So I mean, if 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 I woke up Friday morning and saw that Evil and Sonata won, I wouldn't be like, "Wow, where, where did that come from?" But I mean, w- with the Bucks leaving, and I don't want to call this like a total reset. I don't know if you guys have jumped on this. So if I'm touching on anything that you guys have touched on, please cut me off and tell me to shut up. But I feel like with this being a little bit of a reset, I don't know if this match matters who wins because it's clear as day that the Bucks aren't. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Totally. Um, I actually think uh, Sonata and Evil are winning the gold in this match. I totally like JC. What you just said. I think. I think. Uh, I think New Japan really likes Evil, and I could totally see him walking out with gold. Like. Yeah, I, I think the fact that he worked with Jericho was really telling. Mm-hmm. Totally uh, granted, agree. not not very well, but <laughs> that match wasn't wasn't uh, anything to write home about, unfortunately. Yeah, I can't remember if I watched that match or not. What was what was the main event of that show when they wrestled? That was the main event. Oh, that was the main event. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't one of those major shows. It was one of like those mid-level, yeah, um, like early fall shows where maybe the elite guys were in a six-man or an eight-man. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, and but it wasn't like a focal point. They weren't the focal point of the card. This Jericho Evil was. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that match really. And I know John's probably not gonna like this, but I think it really kind of showed me that Evil. Unfortunately, as as much as I like the character, the the, the work rate isn't quite there to hang with your your top level guys. Unfortunately, in my opinion. Oh, oh he's total gimmick. Yeah, I, you, so. you're not going to upset me at all by saying, he, "Yeah, he's total. He's total gimmick." I agree with that a, a thousand yeah, percent. I just love his character. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Okay. If if you took him and gave him any other name and any other character, <laughs> it, it just it wouldn't be anything like like oh okay you know whatever I, I like you him. know I like him because he's because he's over the top. He, he reminds okay. me. He remi- evil reminds me of. I've always said this before, and I'll I'll stand to this like to the day I die. The biggest ball that was ever dropped in the Invasion era was Chris Canyon. One of the best parts about WCW at the very end was when Chris Canyon just started giving everybody canyon cutters. There's like a YouTube video, like a, like a, a video of him just giving yeah. random people canyon cutters. Can you imagine Canyon and WWF 2001 
just indiscriminately giving everybody canyon cutters. WCW guys, canyon cutters. ECW guys, canyon cutters. WWF but it guys, wasn't. But it wasn't even just talent. He, he, I remember on a Thunder, they showed him, like they would show the arena, like like everyone has done a million times. You show the outside. Oh, we're live from blah blah blah, and some random dudes walking in front of the reader, <laughs> and here comes Canyon and, and Canyon Cutter. cutters up. <laughs> it, was, it was so over the top. Yeah. I just love them. He's, that, that's why I like Evil. He's just no. You know just, what, you know what Evil is? He's he's a late ninety no. Mid '90s WCW over the top like Dungeon of Doom character. That, that's <laughs> yeah. what he like. Tell me you can see him with uh, totally. Sullivan and the, and the Taskmaster, the whatever, the Good Yeti, the, the giant, <laughs> and then evil. It would fit. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on. But hey, uh, JC, we got some breaking news in the hockey world. Canada just got knocked out of the World Juniors. All right. <sighs> Fuck them, eh? I know. What? I love it. I love it. We have a ch- nice. No chance. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's get to the IWGP United States Championship match. Cody, can't say his last name, versus Juice Robinson. Um, I think it's pretty obvious who's going over in this match, gentlemen. Uh, but, yeah, take it away. Yeah, anyway. Cody can't. Cody can't book his way into this one. <laughs> well, for me, for me, Juice definitely has to go over here, and I think it's a no no brainer. And for for me, like the whole Juice Robinson thing has really kind of irked me a little bit as far as the way they executed the the title win he first got. Um, where <laughs> this is a guy who went through the dojo system was a fu- was a young boy was just there and eventually worked his way up organically got. The fans behind him. He is so over in Cork and Hall. If you can ever listen to a, a, Juice, a Juice Robinson entrance in Cork and Hall, the, the guy like can, I think he gets a bigger pop than Tanahashi or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he went through that organically was loved, and then won the title in America, just kind of, in my opinion, took away from the entire build. The, the, the fans in Japan have a really kind of. Uh, intimate relationship with Juice for some reason. They really, really attach and, and connect with him. And the fact that he didn't get to get that title win in Japan in front of fans who, who watched him come up through the system and, and and see him finally get that title was a little disappointing to me, which is why I think they have to correct that wrong mm-hmm. at Wrestle Kingdom. And obviously with Cody leaving, that makes the most sense to me. Um, and I would really like to see Juice get his, his big moment. Um, you know, really just a likable, likable performance and likable person. I'm going to take it a step further, and and Aaron's 100% right on the money here, but you know what? Like, Cody won it from Juice with, like, a questionable, like, small package. You don't do that at same ending. Cody eats Juice's finish, and Cody pins him clean as a sheet in the middle. Not Cody. Juice pins him clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring and sends Cody to his office job with his suit and tie. Yep. And if you want to, if you really want to put a chair on top, have have Cody give him a handshake at the end. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I think Juice is going to be working Ring of Honor a lot more this year. Hmm. So maybe he'll go to Ring of Honor and defend it there. Good exposure for everybody, all people involved. So yeah, very very confusing um, booking of Juice. Well, the thing with Juice, I, let me ask you guys this, and Chris, you might have a better pulse on this than than anybody, only because you're you're that much into 
the Japan stuff. Was it a matter of just the fact that it was it was going to be him going over Jay White and not like a, a Tanahashi or you know a Naito or a guy like that that it was like okay you know what we don't necessarily have to do this in Japan we can do this here you know let him win it here let him lose it here but when the time comes and we're going to really give him the breakout moment we'll do that in Japan you know yeah. like, almost kind of like. You know, there's there's big, there's bigger, and then there's the biggest. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that um, New Japan is figuring out because it's a Japanese company, and you know most of the talent they have is built in Japan. The fan base is, is Japan. So with the U.S. expansion now comes the question of: Are we going to actually change titles? And American yeah, you got shows. It. I mean, I mean, and you got if you it. really want to, right? And if you really want to have this U.S. expansion take off, then you're going to have to have title matches in America. And, and that's what that's point, what Japan's going to have to understand is that you're not going to get all the big moments anymore because you're not right. the only market. And right, you, you know, it's been touched on for a little bit for the last maybe six to nine months. You're starting to see not just with the fan base, but with the locker room a little. You're starting to see a little bit of a divide there. Uh, right. I don't know if that's true, guys. I mean, with like, let's take WWE for example. Um, you know, how many times do they change the title in, in the UK? Well, very, the very often. Very, yeah, not very often. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But you got to remember the WWE, the whole overseas thing. They've been doing it a lot longer. True. Very, very true. But I, I think at, at the same time, I think American fans love New Japan for New Japan. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think you need to sell them on title changes to get them to come to your shows. You need to give them special moments. No, no. I see. I disagree with you there because you know what? Okay, the appeal of the brand will be good for a while, but eventually you got to give me something. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not and, saying and nothing. You, I'm not well, saying nothing. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm, yeah, but with that comes, you know, you got to pop title changes here. There's only so many times you can pull Golden Lovers Young Bucks as your main event and you know okay well it, it it almost becomes the same point of going to a house show now when i was a kid you know i i would tune into superstars and all of a sudden i'd find out that randy savage beat tito santana for the ic title at the boston garden on a wednesday night mm-hmm. okay you know the tag titles changed hands at madison square garden or whatever they stopped doing that too. WWE is just as guilty of it too. When was the last time, other than, well, I shouldn't say the last time because I was at it last year, but before AJ beat Owens for the U.S. title at the Garden, when was the last time they popped a title change at a house show? It takes away from it. The fact that I'm going to go because something special could happen here. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you need that. And if you start catering, and they gotta be careful. They can't just pop all their title changes in the U.S. They can't just pop all their title changes in Japan. Eventually, and and hey, listen, they're still in the baby steps of this expansion. And you right. know, you'd like to think they have the right people there to figure it out. Eventually, you're gonna get the point. The key's gonna be when do they pull the fir- the trigger on that first IWGP Heavyweight Title change oh, in America. I've got I've got your answer for you. Well, and we'll get to it later. To, to me, um, the big test is... But that's going to be how... I'm sorry, Chris, I didn't mean oh, to okay. cut you off. But when that does happen, and I'm sure I know where you're going with this, whether it happens there 
or somewhere else along the line on American soil, the key is going to be what the reaction is over there. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's my thing is is like I, I, to be clear, I'm not saying you, you reserve one or the other. Uh, I'm saying that I still think you can keep. I, I think it depends on the show. If if it's a if it's a Wrestle Kingdom in America, of course you're going to have title changes. But I don't necessarily want to see, uh, for example, Juice Robinson, somebody who they've been building for over a year, get that big payoff. That big payoff he he's, we've been yearning for at a in a place where. The fans in that arena don't necessarily appreciate what they're seeing as much as the Japan fans would have well, seen Juice winning that. Win well, that title. Juice is a great example of it, where you're you're going to get that on Friday. You're going to get the big payoff. But right. you know what? Does it does it hurt Juice that maybe some of the bigger bricks to his story happened over here versus over there? Okay, he beat Jay White here. He lost to Cody here. But you know what? He's going to beat Cody and maybe take that next step because there's going to be, after Friday, there's going to be some opportunity. There's going to be some spots open for guys to step up. You know, if if that is created there, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, what's more important, the pieces or the whole? And, you know, like I said before, big, bigger, biggest, if the biggest is in Japan – then people are getting the payoff with juice. Does it matter that big and bigger happened in California? To me, uh, it, it big, could. The, it the could. big question to me is, uh, the, well, I know it's going to happen eventually. Really, it's really just a question of how long will it take. I'm waiting to see when um, New Japan will attempt to do one of their bigger shows in America. I don't expect to see Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion Nope. But one of their smaller shows, like and Dash, Dash, not Dash, or King is a Pro Wrestling, or what if they Super did Junior. some actual G One matches in America or something? Like, when's that gonna happen? Like, when are they gonna? Because right now they're just doing like these random U.S. specials every so often. But at some point they're gonna attempt to do one of their more traditional shows. You know, kind of like how people say. When's WrestleMania going to UK? You know, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, or when, SummerSlam, when is, or right, right. Like, when is New Japan going to do something like like that's that to me is the real test for this expansion. Like, because one, how is it going to sell here, and two, how will the reaction of that go over there? I, well, mean, I don't expect it to be a Dominion or a Wrestle Kingdom, but it'll but be. You, see, one you know of what? Songs. Maybe they need to bring a Dominion here. I'm not saying this year, but you know what? Maybe next year you bring Dominion here. Okay, that's probably your equivalent to SummerSlam. See, see what your roster looks like in six months. See mm-hmm. what you know you have as far as people with eyes on you now that you know, you know those five guys aren't going to be there after Friday. You know, and then mm-hmm. see what you can do with a Dominion. That, see, that's going to be the whole thing. Like, you know, like New Japan is notorious for we don't care. Next guy up, they lost AJ Styles, Nakamura, Gals, and Anderson, and didn't bat an eye. Okay. They didn't. That would cripple any other company. They're going to lose Cody, the Young Bucks, and at least Paige on Friday. They're not going to bat an eye because it's going to be next guys up. The key's going to be, and in Japan, that's going to work. The key's going to be because I know some, I know a bunch of people that bought tickets to that Madison Square Garden show that are livid, and I know a good chunk of them that are trying to get out of their tickets because the the tickets were bought under the pretense that who was going to be there. You ha- that's going to be the test with this thing is how much of it was 
the interest in your product versus the interest in a handful of guys. And you know how you gauge that? You don't gauge it by a strong style reborn or new beginning show, whatever. You bring one of the big bad boys here and you see what you can do in a cow palace or, you know, the what's the place in, in North Carolina? The It's escaping my name, but the place there. You know, you or you come a little further east. Come tri-state area. Do Madison Square Garden without Ring of Honor and without people under the blind guise of the elite being here. Try that. Sell that out without those guys. I, then you'll then you know you can bring a Wrestle Kingdom here. But if you only do fifty percent in a building going forward, you can't bring Wrestle Kingdom here. It will be an embarrassment for them. Let's move on now. Let's get. We have. Four more matches left. Let's go to the IWG. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a long card. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> uh, let's go to the IWGP Sorry. Junior Heavyweight Championship. We've got the Bone Soldier versus Marty McFly. That's Come on, say. Todd. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. I totally forgot about that reference. All right, I'll take this match. Is Kushida. It... Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to do it first. Let's see if you can do it. Kushida versus uh, Ishimori. Are uh, you even going to try the first name? No, I looked at it and I was just like, nope. Taiji. Taiji Ishimori. Taiji or just call, Ishimori. Him, just call him Bone Soldier. Just, right. just call him. But I got Kushida, right? That That's right, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you did get Kushida. But you called him Marty, but that's that's fine. So for you guys in this match. All right, so the story for this match. Uh, Yeah, the junior division definitely took a hit. So uh, Hiromu got hurt. He was the champion. Really big breakout star. It was really Poor Hiromu. Yeah, Hiromu got hurt, and so uh, you know he had to he had to drop the title. He had to forfeit it. So then they did a tournament to determine the new champion, and I believe they took like the four previous champions and had them face each other like in an elimination style thing. Kushida won, and then like at some point, um, I think yeah, I remember now. At the best of the Super Juniors last year, Ishimori made it to the finals, and the story was uh, how come Ishimori wasn't included, but. Um, the story they were trying to say is that you know that the, the the committee is afraid of him because he's part of the Bullet Club and whatever blah blah blah. So like he faked an injury and then he like attacked Kushida. The story is not really good, to be honest, uh, compared to previous Wrestle Kingdoms. Uh, Hiromu being hurt really really uh, um, hurt them. And then Will Ospreay was like, I'm gonna go ahead and try to be a heavyweight now. And then you know Marty is just kind of doing his own thing. So. Um, yeah. By the way, team. by the way, did any of you guys go to Marty's New Year's Day party? Oh, yeah, I got the invite. Did you RSVP? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I did. <laughs> I hung out with Winston all day. Nice. The, yeah, this one. Um, the story for this one isn't as good, but I'm sure the match would be fine. Uh, I know they. I uh, think the New Japan YouTube website. I'm sorry, the YouTube. They, they posted a match they had for free back in 2016. So. This is kind of like a passing of the of the of the guard, sort of. Uh, Kushida's basically done everything he can possibly do. I was hoping that he would have transitioned into a heavyweight last year, because he's I think he's been champion like at least maybe four or five times. I think um, he's been a junior champion too. So um, there are some reports that WWE is interested in him. Ordinarily, I would be like, no, stay in New Japan. But like Kushida's actually done everything he can do. So if you're not going to transition into a heavyweight there, 
then I would actually be okay if he was to go to WWE. Only because if he went over there, it's a new crop of people to work with, new matches. So I can't complain about that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really high on Ishimori. I like Ishimori. He's a very small dude. Very small, but intense. I like him. They, I love, gonna, I, what's that? They're going to need an opponent for Murphy at Mania. Murphy? Murphy. Oh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that turnaround is going to be that quick. I call him. I call him Buddy. Just because he reminds me of Airbud. Remember Airbud? Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should come up with a different name. I can't take anyone named Buddy seriously. Yeah. I'll, I'll never get WWE's obsession with like two first names as a, as a full name. I, I hate that. So, but yeah, I'm going to predict the uh, Ishimori win. All right, all right. Aaron, what do you think? Um, see, I'm actually on the opposite side with Toph here. Uh, I actually think Kushida has a lot more he can do in New Japan. Uh, and, and Toph did mention it. He could be a heavyweight. I mean, I don't know why they've waited so long to have Kushida move up to heavyweight, where he could easily, easily uh, pass as a heavyweight. Granted, he's a small guy, but the whole thing with moving up to heavyweight doesn't necessarily mean that you become you all of a sudden have grown to become a heavyweight. You're, you've proven that you've beaten all the super juniors, and you can now move up to other opponents. Kushida can easily do that, in my opinion. And for him to go to WWE right now, I just don't see a path for him to succeed, unfortunately. Um, and I, I think he's going to be in the Nakamura thing where, you know, granted, they're going to they're gonna use him here, they're going to use him there. He's a great talent. Um, but I, I don't see how he has a higher ceiling in WWE than he has in New Japan. Which is why I think he should stay. Um, but as this match is concerned, I think Ishimori definitely should go over here. Uh, I think they need a new face to this division. Ishimori is is incredibly talented, um, and, and I think they they can really use a new face to this. This match oddly is like the least hyped match on this show, mm-hmm. um, but could easily be the best match on this show. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna go with Ishimori winning here, and, and I hope Kushida does not go to WWE. I hope he stays where he is. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Ishimori as well. It just seems like I don't know, I'm I kind of I want to say I agree with Tope just cuz I feel like I see Kushida everywhere and it's like how much more can he do in this in the junior heavyweight division? I mean, he's keeps beating everybody else and that's kind of like what else is there to do? That's just my opinion, but well, I'm definitely going to go with Ishimori. JCD, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm going Ishii. Right. As well. I I, I but I, I think I think I think Kushida might be might be that guy who quietly ends up going. You know, I, o- only because that's you. Only because eventually they they're gonna grab people. Le- Your kid you disagrees know, with gonna, you. Yeah, I know. Um, I I think it's gonna be a case where they're gonna just they're gonna sign somebody, and I could see. Them, especially now that they don't have to throw this extra money at Cody and at least Cody and the Bucks and Paige, I could see them, you know, maybe giving Kushida, a guy like Kushida, a little extra than maybe they would have normally. But just because they're in this, everyone's in this mission to gobble up talent, I think he's going to go. So obviously he's got to lose here. Fun fact I, I always like to mention this. Did you know that Kushida is not a fan of Back to the Future Part 3? Well, who is? Yeah, I'm actually, I don't care for it that much. I mean, I enjoy it, but definitely part two is my favorite. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next match. Just the 
Jay White versus here we go. All right, here we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Kazuchika Okada. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally yeah. did it. <laughs> Holy shit, it's been like three say, years in the you making. You could say it a couple you different ways. You could say Kazuchika. You could say Kazuchika. Wow. Know. I think I'm just going to yeah. stick to Okada. It, yeah. 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 Or you can do what I do. Call him midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> um, this match straight up is, um, this is one like I actually like have no idea who's going to go over. Yeah. All right, let me take this one. Okay, all right. So of all the matches on. here on, on the card, this is probably, in my opinion, uh, the most interesting one. And this match has the most build. They've basically been building this match for a year. You know, so. Jay White did beat last year, lost to Tanahashi, and then the next night at New Year's Dash, I think they tried to get him to join the Bullet Club. Uh, Jay put a DDP, put on the shirt, and then gave him a switchblade. And after that, he joined Chaos, and basically joined Chaos saying straight up that he was going to turn on Okada and that he was only going to be there until he felt like he didn't need them anymore. So he, he pretty much told Okada straight up, like, I'm going to turn on you. And Okada just kind of laughed it off. Didn't really take him seriously. Uh, he beat Omega, became the U.S. champion, had a run for a bit, lost to Juice, and that was really when he kind of figured it out. Had a really good G1 run, and then, you know, eventually uh, Ghetto turned on Okada. Ghetto turning on Okada is like on Brock Lesnar. Don't hit me. Big deal. No. Then after that, uh, Ghetto aligned himself with uh, Jay White, the Switchblade, and then Jay joined uh, Tama and all the other Tongans and Don't basically pulled some like NWO red and black elite crap from like 99. And now they call themselves the BCOGs, aka uh, the Cutthroat Era. So this is like a new Bullet Club, whatever. Lots of stuff going behind this match. Um, Tama Tonga has been teasing a mole for about three months now. He claims there's a mole in chaos who's been waiting to turn for quite some time. So either uh, we see this mole at Wrestle Kingdom or we see this mole at New Year's Dash. But we're, we're going to see a turn. Uh, if there's any match on the card that's going to have a bunch of Vince Russo shenanigans, run-ins, ref bumps, false finishes, it's definitely this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely the coming out party for Jay. Um, I think most people are aware of who Jay White is at this point. Maybe you've never seen him before, but you've probably heard of him. But this is going to be, I think, the first match for a lot of new people who've never seen Jay before. I didn't think his match with Tanahashi was that good last year. I didn't think it was that good at all. But he's gotten much better since then. So he pretty much has to look good here because I think going forward, regardless of what happens, New Japan sees him as a, as a, you know, a star. So he has to, you know, he has to look good, you know, whether he wins or loses. So this is a big match. And this also, this is the first uh, uh, Okada streak is over. This is proof that Illuminati is real. Uh, Roman Reigns and Okada's main event streak of Mania and Wrestle Kingdom ends at the exact same year. Illuminati is real. It is. (laughs) So um, this definitely feels like a step down for Okada. But um, some people are curious, like, is he going to come out as the Rainmaker? Is he going to still be Goofy? I'm, I'm hoping he remains Goofy. I love Goofy Okada. Yeah. So this is going to be a cool match. Uh, the story, to me, is written for Okada to win because Jay's gotten the advantage. But at the same time, I could see Jay winning because it's Okada. I mean, he could lose, and he's Okada. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's like John Cena. Like, Cena losing doesn't really hurt him. Okada losing doesn't really hurt him. So. Yeah. But I definitely expect shenanigans, and this is, in my opinion, the hardest match of this card to call. And to me, whoever wins this match is basically getting a next shot 
at the IWG <sighs> Championship. It's one of those kind of, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Like kind of implied number one contenders, but not really, sort of, mm. kind of, if that makes sense. But yeah. if I had to pick one, I'm going to go ahead and pick... I'm going to pick Jay Switchblade to win. I think someone's going to turn, and I guess that's where Aaron can come in, because I, I know, Aaron, you were, you were saying something earlier. Oh, yeah. I, I, like I was saying earlier, I, I think the fact that they've really been pushing Chucky e. T as the one that's kind of like this wacky guy who's who's probably the mole, or or at least is thinking about turning on Chaos, um, I think it's going to be Trent. I think they're going to do a bait-and-switch where they make you think it's one guy, but it's really Trent. And I, I don't see why not. Trent, you know, he doesn't really do much for me. And I think adding him to this new Bullet Club would be an interesting move for him. Now, this is where I'm going to gush for, over Okada for the next couple minutes here. Um, listen, o- Okada's post-title reign, I think you could easily say, is one of the best post-title reigns ever booked put together i don't see how really i think this is gato's best work as a booker since he's taken over where you took someone like okada who had a 720 day title reign and you somehow made it so where he lost the title and somehow still lost no credibility whatsoever in also turning him into a goofy wacky uh more legitimate version of like a dean ambrose type of character where, Ooh, don't say you know, it. Okay. Well, right, because you somehow turned, you know, Dean Ambrose somehow comes back and is just like the worst. Like everything, everything about his character right now is terrible, in my opinion. Whereas Okada, you you take this title off of him, you expect there to be some kind of downfall or or at least a, a lull in his his character, but it that that hasn't happened. He's kept me even more interested in his character without the title which really goes to show, in my opinion, why he, again, is the best wrestler in the world, whatever. But I think this match is going to really kind of show if Jay White can hang with guys like him. Jay White has a great work rate, and I agree with Toph that you know his match with Tanahashi did not really wow me in any way. But the last year or so, he's gotten much better. He's kind of grown into his persona a little bit more. Mm. He's a little more believable. Before, I felt like he was just playing... A character with a knife, whereas now I believe him as a switchblade <laughs> character. Um, and I think this is really going to... If he can't have a good match with Okada, then he might as well retire. Because, you know, I, I don't see how you can't have a great match with Okada here. And as far as a winner, I really think you can go either way with this. I think you can, you can have Okada win and Jay White still look really good in losing. And I think you can have Jay White beat Okada and, and get that big put-over win for him. Um, so I'm really okay with, with going with either one. If he had forced me to pick one, it makes more sense for Jay White to win because, again, you're trying to push this new Bullet Club, and with him as the leader, it would make sense for him to beat Okada. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's interesting yep. that you brought up the Trent Beretta thing because I remember when right. he stopped being – John, you have any opinion on that? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be as close as you guys are making it out to be. I think this is 100% Jay White only because – Jay, like you said, like you guys said, Jay White needs this. And if, you know, if, again, if this is going to kind of be New Japan's way of shaking things up or hitting the reset button, I, I think White's going to be a monster for the next, you know, year or two, whatever he's locked in there for. I, and I, I think I think he's going to be a major player. And I, I think the turn will be what protects Okada. 
Um, I think if Okada would have gotten, maybe have taken a little bit more of a serious beating from White, then I could see him saying, okay, screw this. Now, now you're getting the Rainmaker. But I could see him coming out as midlife crisis Okada, losing, and then maybe if they're going to rematch down the line, maybe at you know Dominion or one of those other shows, you could have Okada come back as that's when Okada could come back as the Rainmaker and you know kind of get his get his groove back, whatever. But yeah, I think this is a hundred percent white. Can can you guys hear me right now? Yeah, now we can. Okay, that was weird. I just totally pulled this out. My Skype just went mute, and I was talking how, for like how, 10 seconds. You don't dare talk bad about him. What? How, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> well, I was talking about the Trent Beretta thing, and all of a sudden I looked down, and my mic's not levels aren't showing. Oh, you That's why we had those Trent? 10 seconds of dead yeah. air, and I was like, what's going on? Which <laughs> wasn't my fault for once. <laughs> but uh, no, what I was saying is uh, it's funny that you brought up the Trent Beretta thing, Aaron, because um, I remember when Trent Beretta was – teaming with uh i'm drawing a blank on his name it's not chucky t it's uh rocky rocky Rocky, yeah rocky romero i remember when they broke up trent beretta was kind of teasing that he wanted to do something like bigger right and then he got injured and then came back just with chucky t again so i feel like this is now picking back up from where it was i was that a year ago two years ago maybe now just about, just about, yeah. Give or take, yeah. So I could totally see Trent Beretta doing that and maybe joining the Bullet Club. I think that totally works too. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think his character and his personality really works well with that group too. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say, and I don't know who hinted at it. I think it was Toph might have hinted, like kind of subtly hinted at it. If if Okada ends up being the mole and uh, and sides with Bullet Club, uh, I think I might just turn the show off. <laughs> that, might, that might just happen. So, just just for the record, if that happens, do you think people would compare that to Hogan joining NWO? I think it'd be the dumbest thing they could possibly do. No, because Hogan needed Hogan needed a, something different at that point in time. Hogan was getting booed out of buildings in WCW at the time. Um, Okada's not getting that, and yeah, if you put Okada in the Bullet Club, that would be <laughs> yeah, that would that would be bad. I'd be, be so I'd so so be so dumb. There's a rumor of a heel turn, but just not that one. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So are we all in agreement? Uh, Jay White is probably most likely mm-hmm. going over. Yeah. Yep. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Next up, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship: Chris Jericho versus here we go, Tetsu Naito. What was that? I didn't hear you. Tetsu Naito. They say Tetsuya. Tetsuya. Yeah, he's yeah. close enough. Yeah, I give it to him. It's always called Naito, so. I give it to him. Let's call him Naito. <laughs> uh, All right, uh, Naito, Naito, Naito. Oh man, uh, Naito did not have a good 2018. Did not have a did not have a good 2018. Uh, that's no. where a lot of uh, a lot of ghetto hatement and elite resentment comes in. So Naito had an amazing 2017. I'm not even going to tell the story. I've done that more times than I can, and pretty much it was story wrote itself really everyone expected him to beat okada at wrestle kingdom and he lost and um yeah he lost and it was just really a huge huge shock i understood the story that they were telling i get why they did it but as a fan i'm a believer of you strike while the iron's hot and the iron was hot and the fans were hot and you you had to do it and, and they didn't 
You could still do it later, but it's not the same. Probably the biggest example of this is probably Robin when he won the championship and Booker T. Like RVD and Booker T did become world champions, but when they did win, it wasn't the same. Like Booker should have won when fans were really ready for it, and Mm -hmm. RVD should have won. Like they did become world champions, but it was years after the fact. Like it, it wasn't the same. Like King Booker was cool. The whole ECW thing was cool, but it wasn't the same. I, I always wanted RVD like when he was over and more over than Jesus Christ and like O2 to win. I want a Booker T like in 2003 that was getting one of the best. Po- I want a Booker T that beat The Rock and The Rock like actually applauded after he beat him. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you, you strike when the iron is hot. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh, I'm sorry. JCD's on some Darth Vader <laughs> shit right now. Uh oh. Anyway, so uh, I'm yeah, trying. Naito, I'm trying. <laughs> all right, so Naito lost, and uh, really he just he just struggled. Uh, he 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 kept feuding with Suzuki for some fucking reason. I don't even know why. None of their matches were that good. Um, <laughs> what was that? Jack Saber, the G1. Who knows what it was? Uh, anyway, Jericho attacked Naito at New Year's. That night. wasn't me. Oh no. Okay. No. All right, so Jericho attacked the Naito New Year's Dash. And, you shut your dirty mouth. And then after that, uh, you know, Jericho fought Naito, I believe, at Dominion it was. And then Jericho beat Naito for the Intercontinental title. And then Jericho disappeared. He was basically the Brock Lesnar of New Japan, which mm-hmm. is hilarious the more you think about it. And, um, yeah, so and this is the rematch now. Um, the thing about it is, obviously, Naito's winning. But I'm just confused because Naito does not care about the Intercontinental title. They've already established that he doesn't care about it. So even if he wins, he's getting a belt he doesn't care about or a belt he needs anyway. So, like, I don't see even... I mean, obviously he has to win because if he loses again, he's done. But if he wins, I don't see the incentive here because he's the champion of a, of a belt he doesn't care. Fans don't want to see Naito as Intercontinental Champion. They want to see him as World Champion. So, yeah, uh, Ghetto, I love Ghetto, but, yeah, like, not a good year for Naito at all um obviously naito's winning here what's jericho gonna do after this loss i don't know jericho says in his podcast he wants to work with the fantastic four he's already worked with omega he's already worked with naito so there's still tana and there's still okada i can definitely see jericho working with okada mm-hmm. can you imagine the promos of jericho oh, and that would be amazing please, please would, give it to me yeah yeah I, i'm totally down for jericho okada. yeah yeah, I especially this version of Okada, midlife crisis Okada, oh, yeah. Jericho cutting a promo on him. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, I, I, I think you could see Jericho come out as Pennywise just to combat Okada's <laughs> red balloon. <laughs> Does anybody see a swerve happening here by any chance with Jericho going over and then maybe dropping the title in the next night? Well, that, uh, funny you say that because I I have that I have Jericho retaining the title here. Um, I. I think Jericho is in a weird spot here where, again, I think we said it earlier, I think he's a floater and I think he wants to stay a floater. And I think he, I think he's okay with coming in and out when he pleases. And I think him being away with the, the, the Intercontinental Championship for a while has kind of helped New Japan in a lot of ways. Because you, you've had, you, you've given more time to the United States title, you've given more time to the open weight title. And Jericho holding this title isn't necessarily a bad thing. And you could also parry it like Toph, like Toph just said. We know Naito doesn't care about this title. I mean, it's literally like his gimmick is he doesn't care about this title. And the fact that um, – and what solidifies that is I think – I don't know if one of us pointed it out when we saw the video. But uh, when Jericho and Naito had their last press conference, 
Jericho just like threw the title at him, and Naito didn't even blink. Like he just doesn't care about it. So <laughs> why do I want to see him? Yeah, like why don't <laughs> I see this guy win this title? Um, Naito loves throwing that belt up in the air and like just hoping it, it just never comes down. Right. A part of me wants Naito to go to WWE just oh. so he can pick up the Universal Title and destroy it. Oh man, I want to see that visual, and then he, and then he just leaves. I want to see him go to WWE just for that. Like just 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 do what WWE physically do what WWE has done to the title already. Just right. Bro. Yeah, but Naito's Ni- gotta win here. That, yeah. That's does that's he? what it is. Like, yeah, I think he does. I, you know, like Chris said, he his eighteen was was bad, and you know, it's it's uh. not even about the title. Like I, I, Naito's. And Naito, I mean, the fact that Naito lost to Jericho, I mean, there's no point of doing this rematch to have Naito lose. There's so many other guys you could have put in this match with Jericho that, he's, you know. He's very close. He's very close, and it kills me to do this. Naito is very close. Well, he, no, he's not very close. He is within range of becoming Bray Wyatt. And that oh, pains no. me to say that because yeah. because because he he talked the game he talked the big game but then when it mattered he lost to Okada last year and if, if his and, if his twenty exactly you're right and I'm sorry but Chris you're right if his 365 days is losing to Okada losing to Jericho and then losing to Jericho again Chris is right you yeah. might as well you might as well give Nido a, a, a porch lamp. I remember when he was in the G1 last year, he had just as many points as uh, I think um, as Omega did. And then, like, the last night of, he lost to Zack Sabre. And it's like, he's, he's becoming, like, we talked about Ishii earlier, about how Ishii can't win the big one. Naito can win the big one, but it's like, it's getting to the point where he never wins it when it matters. You know, and and that's to me that's yeah. the biggest abstract that I I'll always will I'll, I'll always love Booker T and RVD, but that abstract will always be next to them. Is that you, they want? You know it. what Naito needs to be. You know what Naito needs to be. And I'm being I might be dating myself here. Naito they did an angle in like '96 ECW where same kind of scenario. Shane Douglas won the TV title and he didn't want it. Like he would come out for these segments where he would beat a guy and then come on, bring somebody else out. He'd beat that guy, bring somebody else out, beat that guy. And he would, you know, whatever. And then finally he, cause he didn't want the title. And then finally he lost to Taz. What's up, buddy? And then the story became that he didn't want the title lost it and now he realized how bad he wanted it and it was like imagine what i'm going to do now to get it back and that's what they need to do with naito i I think what you guys are forgetting about naito and i I think i think it's a common misconception is that i think because of his win-loss rating in 2019 people think that his popularity has gone down when when that's not the case the guy is still selling the most merch out of anybody in new japan he is Mm -hmm. the cultural like cornerstone of that of that promotion in Japan, as far as from a merchandise and a visual standpoint, people 
people are Naito fans. So I think that that's where the comparison of Bray Wyatt kind of loses me because, granted, he is he is losing matches and consistently losing matches, but at the same time, his popularity isn't going down necessarily. And I think his character, because he has openly said he doesn't need a title, he doesn't necessarily want the title, I think he doesn't necessarily need to win the title back. And with Naito, I think another point with Jericho, we got to remember is I'm not saying Jericho should pin him clean. No, no question about that. I think Jericho should cheat and win the match that way. Um, and I think this match is going to have a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think it's going to be a lot like the Omega match where they're going to be on the outside of the ring for 50% of it. And Jericho is going to end up winning with some kind of roll up or, uh, you know, uh, some kind something that obviously doesn't make Naito look bad. And I think we have to remember Naito as much as fans would love to see him in that top spot, this guy will forever, in my opinion, be Savage. He will be uh, Nakamura. He will be that that one A behind the ace. And and unfortunately, that's the career he's going to have. Um, and I think the sooner some people accept that, the, the more they can enjoy Naito's character. Because I think people yearning for him to get that big top guy coronation it's just never going to come, and you know, I think, I think, and that, I think it's okay too. I think you need a second guy. I think you need a, a savage of motion. So I don't know. I mean, I think Jericho winning here would be perfectly okay. Can we talk about how Jericho put Rich Hughes' son in Lion Tamer last Wrestle Kingdom? <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wonder uh, if the uh, here's a here's a legit question I have. I wonder if the young boys outside. Do they know they're going to get killed? Oh, definitely just... not. Oh, okay. I-, I wonder if it's one of those things where the-, the trainers just tell them, like, you're at risk every time you go out there. Yeah. Or just <laughs> something like that. I just remember that time that Jericho grabbed the, uh, like, the guy, like, one of the cameramen for WWE, and the guy just was smiling the whole time while Jericho was just, like, grabbing him, pulling him. I think it was on an episode of Raw. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I can visualize that clip right now. <laughs> I, my favorite, my favorite Jericho clip was, uh, I think he was feuding. I don't know what it was. Jericho uh, Legacy, Legacy, and Jericho both were beefing with Cena, and I think Randy hit a RKO on Cena outside, and then Jericho put Cena in the walls, and Legacy was just standing there looking, and Cena was unconscious, and Jericho had him in the walls, and he was like, "Ask him, ask him." You know how he always used to say, ask him, ask him, ask him. And, like, Cena was unconscious. And you could see Orton, like, biting his tongue, trying not to laugh because he just thought it was... He thought it was... He, he, he was like, this is stupid. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we all... Well, like, do we all have Naito going over? No. No, I have well, Jericho. No, Aaron has Jericho. Jericho? But, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Naito. I'm going to go with Naito. But I, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if I see a swear. Yeah, and I guess before we go to the main event, yeah, we should mention that New Year's Dash is the very next night, and New Year's Dash is essentially their their post Mania Raw to mm-hmm. show after WrestleMania. Sorry, guys, I'm back. Oh, no problem. And of course, you know, at New Year's Dash every year, there's always something, you know, a return, a debut, uh, a heel turn, an angle, or something. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, don't be disappointed to any listeners out there if something doesn't happen at Kingdom. It might happen to the next night so gotcha. yeah just putting that out there for any newer fans out there gotcha um real quick before we get in the main event did anybody see becky lynch's tweet to Corey graves about like a couple hours ago oh jesus yeah, yeah. i i did see Corey graves's tweet i think a couple hours ago but i did not see becky's tweet now 
Oh, oh hang on. Yeah, I'll read it to I, you. I can, but... I can get You got it? Okay. Yeah, I got it. So Corey Graves tweeted that uh, somebody tweets her saying, or tweets to Corey saying, wish you have a romance angle with Becky, and Graves said, me too, she could use it. Becky responds with, of all the things I could use in my life right now, a romance with a middle-aged emo poured into skinny jeans isn't one of them. Maybe you should wait until Monday to reply, you know, when you'll have some help with what to say. <laughs> eh. I don't know, man. Becky, Becky, I, I'm really not on the Becky train. I, I've just been really quiet about it. Just It doesn't connect with me. It just, I don't know. She, the Twitter stuff is annoying, in my opinion. But. Never, ever probably have I has my opinion changed on an announcer in such a short amount of time. I used to like Graves, but like... Mm. He just comes off as a tool to me. I don't care for him at all anymore. I liked him when he was in NXT. Since he's come to the main roster, it's just not doing it for me. He just comes off like a tool. He really does. He yeah. just I mean, comes well, off. Like well, he hit her back with something about like you're trying to be Conor McGregor. You're friends with him. You, I thought you would, you would have the like something along the lines like, you aren't you're trying to be Conor? Aren't you friends with him? I thought you would be a better version of him than what you something like that. I'm paraphrasing it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's what he hit her back with. That's totally what they're going for in WWE. They're trying to make her like a McGregor, where he just with the shit talking and stuff. Like, by the way, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this. It's not major, but apparently Britt Baker, who's Adam Cole's, I think, fiance or Mm -hmm. girlfriend. Yeah, they're saying she signed with uh, All Elite. Really? Yep. I thought she signed with NXT a little while ago. I, I thought so too. Hmm. Interesting. Well, sometimes that can affect, um, I mean, relationships. I don't want to come to conclusions, but yeah. I'm pretty certain Ricochet was dating Tessa. Yep. And then, he, he was. Right. You don't have to be pretty sure. He was. Right. And, and then, like, when it became apparent that she wasn't going over around that same time, they broke up. So, I mean, wrestling's a different time now. I mean, I remember when I was growing up. Um, I'm surprised I, Peronzo and, and Marty are still together. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. The business has changed. I remember when I was growing up, like uh, they said that you should never date in the business. Mm-hmm. But like nowadays, I, it's like I had a wife. I did a storyline with my wife. I ain't got a wife no more. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> business is totally changed in that regard. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the main event for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship: the Cleaner Kenny Omega versus the Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who is going over, Toph? You want to take it away with the story? Ah, the story. Honestly, the story is not that good. Yeah. yeah. It's really not. Well, there's I mean, a story I, there. I'll disagree as far as the story because I think I think the story with Tanahashi being well, this big comeback of his. Yeah. Is, that's that's the story that I'm I'm really mm. excited about. Okay. Well, um, pretty much the story is Tana won the G1, and. As the G1 winner, he gets to challenge whoever the IWGP champion is. He had to defend it against uh, his shot, of course, against Okada, who he hadn't beaten in like three years, I think. And then he had to defend it against uh, Jay White. And um, he he beat them, but it didn't really do much for me because I got the story that was being told. But in both of those matches, it wasn't about Tana beating Okada. It wasn't about Tana beating Jay. It was really about the whole Bullet Club OG thing. That was the focus. Like after, after 
um, Tana beat Okada, immediately Jay White attacked him, taking all the heat on himself. And then Tana, when he beat Jay, it wasn't even a decisive victory. It was like a roll-up. And then immediately after um, Tana beat Jay, Tana got jumped by Jay, and then Okada saved him. And so really it was like both of the matches were just really just setting up Jay White versus Okada. It didn't really do anything to me for Tana. And then for Kenny, um, he did all that stuff to become the champion. He finally became the champion. And then immediately after he became the champion, the G1 started. And then during the G1 period, there was no defenses because it's the G1. He had a really great match with Ishii. But when it came time for him to defend the title against Ishii, we, we knew that there was no way Omega was losing. And then, you know, he already defended against Cody. Then there was the random triple threat uh, against Cody and Ibushi. And that was weird because most fans just wanted to see Ibushi versus Omega. And so then after that, um, it was very apparent that Tana versus Omega was the end game. But the talk of the town was about Jay White, Okada, and the whole Bullet Club OG thing. So I'm thinking maybe since all these people, Okada, Tama, and Omega, like all these people are beefing with the Bullet Club. Because like, the, the, the common theme is Jay White has pissed everybody off. That's the common theme. That's the story they're telling. So I'm thinking maybe before the year is over, maybe like Omega, Tanahashi, and Okada, they'll all like temporarily like form an alliance. Like I don't know if you guys remember, there was like this one Raw, like it was during the corporate ministry days, where, like, I think it was Austin and Rock joined together for, like, one night to take out the corporate ministry. Because it was like the corporate ministry kept fucking them over or something. Mm -hmm. So I, I was thinking, like, maybe Omega, Okada, and Tana would all join forces to just take out these, you know, the Bullet Club. But nope. Nope. So it was like after Tana got jumped by him, I'm like, I'm like these dudes just jumped you. So are you going to get your revenge? And Tana was like, oh, I'm just going to fight Omega. But I'm like, okay. Like, to me, just... It came off as unresolved to me. So this is a basically the story for this match is, uh, you know, Tana's comeback story. Like Aaron said, uh, this is without a doubt Tana's last run as a top guy. So we should enjoy it while it lasts. Um, you know, Tana is very critical of Omega's style. You know, he, he says he watches Kenny's matches. And when he watches Kenny's matches, he's like, why? He's asking why, you know. And then Omega is pretty much, you know, he's playing the heel. He's not really a heel, but he's playing the heel. Basically, Kenny says that he understands that because fans love Tana, there's the possibility that fans are going to boo him. So Kenny's going to be like, I'm just going to play the heel, but it doesn't come off as a genuine heel, really, to me. Right. And so he's basically saying Tana's an old man, kind of like the whole Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair story, like I'm going to take old Yeller in the back and I'm going to shoot him. You know, so he's playing the heel, but he's not really a heel. Like you can see, he's not really a heel. Mm -hmm. He doesn't come off like it. it's not genuine to me. This he's a match, heel by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this match is not genuine to me. It's not. Um, I get what this match is. It's New Japan's past versus New Japan's present. This is a an HBK Flair Rock Hogan. Like I get what this match is, but the story for me really is not doing it. The last two Wrestle Kingdom main events I thought had an epic feel. Okada versus Omega had an epic feel. Naito versus Okada had an epic feel. This match, it'll be a great match. Like I'm sure the match itself will be amazing, but the story is, is just not doing it for me. Uh, as far as who wins, 
Well, I learned the hard way that apparently Ghetto has a streak of champions never losing at Wrestle Kingdom, even when it makes sense for them to lose. And um, I believe uh, the streak has been going on like since 2011 or something. Uh, apparently, from what I understand, New Japan management just loves the champion to just be strong at Wrestle Kingdom. And the story they like to tell is that it takes like two or three attempts for the challenger to win. But long story short, if you don't get the gist of it, a G1 winner has been unsuccessful for almost a decade now. And so last year, I mean, we were all pretty much convinced Naito was winning and then he lost. Not only did he lose, he lost cleanly and convincingly. There was no shenanigans or anything. So uh, I don't I don't trust Ghetto. I don't trust Ghetto at Wrestle Kingdom. Any, if this was any other show... If this was Dominion or an Invasion Attack or some other show, I would definitely say Kana's winning. But it's Wrestle Kingdom, and I, I don't trust Ghetto. <laughs> I don't trust Ghetto at Wrestle Kingdom anymore. Now, after last year, I was absolutely shocked. I think Omega's winning. I think he's winning mainly because for two reasons. I think he's winning because, one, this is really Kenny's first, and I mean disrespectfully, this is Kenny's first real defense, in my opinion, because, let's be real, all his other defenses were kind of filler. No one thought Ishii was taking the belt off of him. Um, at least I didn't think Cody could take the belt off of him. Maybe some folks did. I could understand why you would think that, but I, I knew Cody wasn't going to win. This is Kenny's first real defense, and really his, his championship run hasn't really been interesting, and I think Kenny is aware of that. And so for him to just lose here, it just would make his run come off as underwhelming, like he did all that. You became champion, and you really did nothing with it. I think he needs to win this match to justify this run. Um, I think he needs to win this match because it's just going to be more of a of a compelling story. Um, I, I could definitely see Tana breaking this streak, you know, being the first G1 winner to win at a Wrestle Kingdom in almost a decade. I could totally see it, but my gut is telling me that Omega is winning, and... Um, that's pretty much what I got right now. If, if my mind changes in the next 24 hours, I'll let you guys know. But I think Omega's winning here, and uh, I think Tana is not kicking out of the Moving Angel. They've protected that move. No one has kicked out of that move in New Japan ever. So. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Wow, I'm kind of like totally <laughs> – me and Toph have disagreed quite a bit on this show. I mean, I'm totally on the opposite end here. Um, I think Tanahashi's story has been really good because he had a really poor uh, 2017, was riddled with injuries, um, and kind of had a big comeback year last year, uh, and is kind of using that momentum into this show. And I think the story, the main story here is, can he do it again? Can Tanahashi top the company once once again and be champion again. He hasn't been champion since 2015. This will be his eighth title title reign if he wins. Um, and I think all the stats that Toph used, the fact that Gato has, has not changed the champion and, and over since 2011, hasn't, uh, you know, it sticks with the champion in the main event. I think it's all the more reason why Tanahashi's going to win is because what? they really want to put this guy over. And I think, I think you can go with two stories here. I think you can go with the story of uh, Tanahashi overcoming all these odds, having this great comeback at over 40 years old for the first time, winning the title against Omega, somebody who he doesn't necessarily respect in a uh, technical aspect, but respect his in-ring work as far as a competitor is concerned. And I think that the thing with Omega here is, you know, it ultimately comes down to what he's going to do. Is he going to leave or is he going to stay? 
I think that has a lot to do with the, with Gato's decision here. And if 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 he's unsure, I think he puts the title on his on his ace. I think he puts the title on somebody he knows he can depend on in Tanahashi. Um, and I think this match is going to be the best match on the show. I mean, uh, duh, the main event's the best match on the show. But I, I also think that this match is going to be a, a collision of two styles that we kind of haven't seen really yet. And I think if if you're asking me out of the big four, which match I want to see most, I, I want to see Tanahashi and Omega. Um, and I think the thing with Omega here is, you know, he's really got a um, – this is almost a proving ground for him as well. And I think him losing the title here wouldn't necessarily be a, a kind of a, a nail in the coffin for his run. Uh, you know, I, I think we overstate how much these title runs really mean in the grand scheme of things, especially someone like Omega who, again, granted this is his first title run, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know how much the run – how important this run is I think this match is more important than anything, and I think him losing it wouldn't necessarily hurt Omega's overall mystique or anything like that. Um, as far as the one-winged angel is concerned, I think the reason Tanahashi wins this match is because he never hits it. Okay. I think I think I think Omega doesn't hit the one-winged angel, so and that's you think how we're going to have a repeat of what happened with Okada in the first match, where he just doesn't hit the move. I do. Yeah, I, I think because I think the, and, and and I'll go into my end game here. I think the end game here is Tanahashi Okada main eventing MSG for the IWGP title. Mm-hmm. I think Okada beats Tanahashi at MSG. Um, and, and that's why, I, and that's most, my, my mm. biggest reason for picking Tanahashi here is I don't see a path of, of Omega coming out of this show and it leading to multiple title defenses where with Tanahashi, I can see, you know, right after this show, I see Jay White being implemented into that role where it's going to be Tanahashi and Jay White going into the next couple of months. And then I think with, and I think they transition from Tanahashi to Okada. And I think the, the in the end, we're going to get, uh, as crazy as this sounds, I'm going to call it now. I think we get Tanahashi Okada one last time main eventing the, uh, the Tokyo Dome next year. See, this is where I have Kenny winning and this could just be me over predicting that tag match that happened last year, uh, the Golden Lovers against Tana and Will Ospreay, really great match. Mm-hmm. In that match, and again, this just could be me over-predicting, but I'm starting to see a pattern with Ghetto's booking, especially when it comes to protecting finishers. I don't oh, know I if you remember, but in that match, Tana hit Kenny with the high fly flow. He hit his finisher on Kenny, but Kenny didn't hit his at all. He didn't. So we have visually seen Kenny take Tana's best shot. And he took it. He withstood it. That's a big deal because normally I've only been watching New Japan full time for about four years now. And the common trend I'm seeing for these Wrestle Kingdom matches is that you don't see one person hit their finisher in the build up to it. You, you only see it when it comes time for the actual match. So the fact that Tana hit Kenny with his finisher, but Kenny didn't hit his, that to me sets it up for... At Wrestle Kingdom, Tana's going to hit the high fly flow, and I feel like Kenny's going to kick out. And then Tana's going to be like, oh shit, now what do I do? And there's, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's been this crazy rumor going on for about three months now that Tana might turn heel. Oh, that would be crazy. And I could see him turning heel because in the story, he's been shit talking Kenny's style, saying that, you know, I don't get his style, I don't understand. Like, he's basically been criticizing his style. But what if he gets in the ring with him and he just can't beat him? You know, like, do you remember, like, I mean, obviously it didn't happen. But 
do you guys remember when John Cena fought AJ Styles at SummerSlam? And, like, Cena hit AJ like up an AA from the top rope, and AJ kicked out, and Cena just had, like, this what-the-fuck look on his face. And for a mm-hmm. minute, you thought he was going to turn heel or just do something. I was like, what do I got to do to beat this dude, sort of? Like, I could see something like that happening, where Tana hits Kenny with his best shot, and Kenny kicks out, and Tana's like, now what? I mean, right. I don't think Tana will turn heel. I don't even know where the story started from. I just It was a rumor that started about, I like, think, three months ago or something. And, I mean, I definitely think that would be a bad move. That would just be a swerve just for the sake of it, kind of like Austin right. turning heel, you know? Right. I definitely think Tana should stay face forever, you know, because he's Tana. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, but but anyway, but what you're saying, Aaron, is you think that, in your opinion, so you're saying you don't think Kenny's going to hit the one-winged angel. He's just not so, going to hit the middle. So, like, I, I, for me, I think it can go two ways. I think you can pull the trigger on a Tanahashi comeback story and have him win and i think that's the only way you can do it is if i think if you have if you have tanahashi kicked out of the one one wing and angel i think you and that's one of the things i love about gato's booking is he does that where the guy doesn't hit him with his best shot and and that and you can always come back to it and that's the one thing i love about what they do is because you can you can always come back to it you don't you don't give us everything every time and i think that's an option and i could also see your point is as far as you know uh Kenny finally hits that move, and Tanahashi can't overcome it, and that's the story they tell. Where Tanahashi had this long road to this this match, and it just wasn't enough uh, at this point in his career because he's just a little bit too past his prime, a little a little too past his prime for someone like Omega, who's who's in his prime right now. Mm-hmm. I can see both stories being told, but for me, just in in theory and thinking about how Gato books and just the story they've been telling with Tanahashi and the story they want to tell going into 2019, I just, I don't see Kenny retaining. I don't know why. Um, I just think they're going to pull the trigger on the Tanahashi uh, comeback story. I think it's going to end with him, you know, saluting to his, to the crowd and doing his, his air guitar. And that's just the picture I have in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I just, I don't know. I mean, that's where I'm. I'm leaning towards that way, but I can I can easily see the the your point and as far as having having uh, Tanahashi fall short, I can see that too. All right, one last word on New Japan, and then now I'll, I'll be out. Uh, if New Japan is very serious about this U.S. expansion, and obviously they are, um, with all the stuff going on with WWE and with this AEW stuff, I, I've been very respectful in the past because you know I, I like to respect every country's culture, but being serious. If New Japan is serious about this U.S. expansion stuff, um, they need to kind of stop this whole thing that they've been doing this these past couple of years where they renegotiate contracts like the oh, day yeah. before wrestling mm-hmm, yeah. them. They, mm-hmm. they need to, it's time for them to start. I mean, say what you want about WWE. You may not like them. But the one thing that I always give WWE is like, they will start contract negotiations like super early. Right. You can be a WWE superstar like it's January and your contract can expire in August and they'll start talking to you like yeah. as early as yeah. fucking March. They lock their guys up. They yeah, do. you know, New Japan really needs to, especially with this AEW stuff, they need to start locking down their talents because this whole, like, we're going to we're gonna renegotiate like two days before our biggest show of the year, like, that's not viable. They're no. going to have to start locking people down. I, right. Maybe they don't want to, but if they were really serious about this U.S. expansion stuff, they're going to have to change. And I understand change is hard because it's their culture, but they're going to have to, like, you know, change up their game there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
totally agree with that. Uh, anything, Jeff? Um, I'm sorry, I fell asleep talking about Omega's title reign. That's how boring <laughs> it's been. Um, but I don't know. I, I, there's va- there's valid points on both sides. Um, like I'm listening, Aaron. I was listening to your you know, perspective and ideas. And I, I, I could totally see that a thousand percent. And then, you know, Chris talking about the way ghetto books, I could see that a hundred percent. Plus you add in the fact that, you know, there's no real certainty with what Omega is going to do next. Right. Um, you know, I originally thought, well, he's the IWGP champion. Maybe that's why he didn't sign his deal yet. Cody's the U S champion and he signed his. So I don't think the fact that he's a champion could have prevented anything. Mm. Um, I mean, Omega is under contract till the end of January. So if they wanted to pull something at, at New Year's Dash, they could. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I could see this going either way. I thought for sure Kenny would ha- would have to lose, you know, because, you know, of the pact and, oh, they're all going to go together. And, and maybe that ends up being the case. and. But I, I really, I don't know. I, I can see it going either way, and it's, it's. I really have no rhyme or reason. And especially if the heel turn is going to happen here with Tanahashi, you don't turn Tanahashi heel and then have him lose. But if you're going to salvage this Omega title run from the snooze fest that it's been, and it's no fault of Kenny's, it's between the New Japan booking and being handcuffed to being the elite and all in and all that stuff, it really it really took away from something that took almost 18 months to get to and made it shit. Mm. So, I mean, so, does New Japan get antsy and take the belt off them? Or do they turn around and say, okay, here's your big win. Now you don't have all these distractions around you. Go have for another six months, you know, a, a run. You know, go go into MSG as champion. You know, so, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. I'm really stuck on this one. So here's what I know about Kenny. I've been doing some some research on him for about for a while now, for about past three months now. Um, he's a full time resident in Japan, so he lives in Japan. His address is in Japan. He has a home in Japan. Um, he speaks fluent Japanese, so he can speak Japanese fluently. He he's legitimately a citizen of Japan. He lives there. But he's from Winnipeg, and he also has a home in Canada as well. And this is where, uh, I, I don't want to get too political here, but um, there are, to receive certain benefits that one has from living in Japan, you need to stay there a certain amount of days. And there are certain healthcare benefits that you also receive um, from living in Canada, but you need to be in Canada for a certain amount of days as well. Because of these healthcare circumstances, that's why in the later half of 2018, Omega, there was kind of a period where he just kind of vanished. You know, he had like a title defense, and then like you just didn't see him on New Japan shows for like almost two months, basically. So um, because of that, uh, stuff like that has convinced me that whatever the hell these elite guys are doing, I don't think Kenny is going to have a part in it, at least not as much as the Young Bucks or Cody. There seems to be some type of living situation. He's, he's, notice, he he's noticeably just like distanced himself from them. Yes, 
Yes. I, yeah, I, he's I think... done that. He's done that for a while. Like even on those yeah. early being in the elites, to when Cody first started showing up on them, and Cody would take, you know, anti WWE shots, and or the Bucks would take anti shots. Kenny kind of always like stood in the background, and Kenny right. never really partook in it. He yeah. laughed, but he didn't. He didn't participate. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if you yeah. notice with the whole thing with the quote unquote the notes from Triple H when everyone else kind of like discarded their notes. Kenny was the one that's like, oh, maybe I'll keep this in my back pocket. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's kept it to a point where, you know, he really wants to keep everything open. What gets me with Kenny, and, and you know, I go back to the Jim Ross podcast he did, I want to say maybe six months ago, give or take. And he talked about all the guys he still wanted to work with. Rollins, AJ, right. Brian, right. maybe another match with Nakamura. You know, Kenny's that you gotta remember, Kenny's a lot older than the than the Bucks. He's a lot older than Cody. He's he's I'm not saying Kenny's at the end, but Kenny's closer to a point where I don't have two, three years to play with. He's cashing out. To see where this AEW goes. Right. To see, you know, if if I wanna do this, you know, if I want to work AJ Styles at SummerSlam or I want to work Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, I got to do it now. I can't do it in 2022, 2023. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Kenny's the guy who, and listen, Chris, I get what you're saying with, you know, the benefits, the healthcare, but you know what? A nice seven-figure deal, you know, coming from Vince will help offset whatever cost you're forfeiting because you're not in Canada 186 days a year. But he doesn't care about the money. He's already made that clear. No, but you're missing the, you didn't listen to but what he, I said but fully. He cares, but he cares about the creative uh, aspects of going to WWE. I'm pretty convinced I, about that. He, he did an interview like tourist. But I'm not talking year, about – hang on a second. Hang on a second. You be there already. I'm not talking about the money in the sense of, oh, I can make a million dollars a year. I'm talking about you said he gets certain things because he lives in Canada X amount of days a year. He gets certain things because he lives in Japan X amount of days a year. When you're making seven figures, which I'm sorry, but you, unless you can show me Kenny Omega's bank statement, I refuse to believe even as good as he's doing, he's not making that money now. If he's got a, if he loses his health insurance in Canada because he's not there 180 days a year, trust me, the money he's going to make from, from WWE will help offset whatever he has to pay for health care. Oh well, I that's what I'm saying. I wasn't talking oh, about fine. like I wasn't talking about him and the fact that he'll make you know so much money. I'm talking about you know if he had to give up A and B from Japan and Canada, mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll be able to make up because Vince and Hunter will pay him handsomely. Well, I was just I think as far as creative control, and let me let me tell you something about creative control. And Chris, we've talked about this on our show, yeah. and 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 I think I think it it does have some legs. The few times they've given guys creative control lately, it's kind of worked. Okay? They gave it to Matt Hardy. If Matt Hardy's ass didn't fuse to his shoulders, the Woken character was going to have legs. Okay? It died out not because of the creative side of it. It died out because Hardy got hurt. And from what I heard, Vince was very happy with the Hardy character. If you can go out there and prove, that's why I don't think the creative control stuff. If it was, if it was going to come down to take AEW out of the picture, if it was going to come down to, well, you know, we like to do what we do, this and that, right? I, and that was going to be the only difference between them signing or not. Mm -hmm. I think Vincent, especially Hunter, mm -hmm. Hunter would give it to them because I'm telling you, after WrestleMania, 
after that Raw, after that SmackDown, Vince is going to be in full XFL mode. So you're going to be able to get a little more leeway than you would normally. And I, and I said this, Chris, to you. This is the perfect time for a guy like Omega to go because you know what? Vince's full attention isn't going to be heck. Vince already doesn't go to SmackDown 90% of the year. Okay? Vince is starting to miss pay-per-views. With this XFL stuff, Vince is eventually going to start missing Raws. You could let a guy like Omega come in and, you know, okay, listen, this is what, you know, like, hey, Kenny, listen, we, we want to put you in with Nakamura. What do you, what do you guys want to do? And Kenny could probably go to Triple H and Raw Dog and say, okay, listen, this is what, you know, this is how we should get there. And I guarantee you, Triple H is the type of guy who will turn around and be like, let's give it a shot. You sink or swim on this. And as long as Kenny's willing to take that risk, which he, he is, I think I don't think creatives would be a problem. I don't think it would be a problem as if this was two, three, four years ago where Vince still had his hand on everything. Well, I wasn't really referring you. to WWE. I was really talking about his health, not his health, but his living situation. No, I was really no, talking no, no, about but, that being but I think, I think Aaron brought up the creative side of it. One of you guys brought up the creative side of it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of an issue like like it would have been a couple of years ago. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if like you said, if Omega comes to to those guys and says, "This is my deal breaker. This is where I draw the line. I need to be able to have somewhat of a say in what I do." I think they're going to listen to him. I think I think a couple of guys have that power right now. I think AJ I yeah. probably has that power. I, bet, I don't think I he's going to leave his that. home though. I don't think he's going to, because if he goes to WWE, they would tell him to move to America, and I don't see him doing that. I don't know I don't, about I don't that. know if that's necessarily true. I don't he know lives that. there. He's a citizen. No, I don't think he would have to give up his citizenship. You get a Nakamura visa. had to move. No, okay, but, you know, you get a visa. Well, I, I guess think, in Nakamura's case, he had to move his family, so. Uh, this is what yeah. I'll say, though. I think, I think you have a good point there. I think that may, that may weigh into his decision, but I think... I think that also, I think when he's laying out pros and cons, I don't think that's one of his top priorities. Yeah, I don't I think don't that's going to be that. I don't th- if it's going to be, okay, I can go to WWE and they told me straight out I could work with AJ, Brian Rollins, and I could have like 90% creative control and, cool. you know, t- even take the money out of it. But if I go to WWE, that means I'm not going to be in Japan 100 days a year, or that means I'm not going to be in Canada you know, a hundred days a year. I don't think that's going to be, I don't think that's going to turn around and be like, Oh fuck it. I'm not going to WWE. I personally don't think he's going there, but if he did go, uh, and I have to be very careful of how I worth this. Uh, I don't believe Kenny's going. I think he's staying where he is, but if he does go, I think it's mainly because of, um, because of Roman. That's why. Hmm. You think he sees a void that he wants to fill? I think he also yes. wants to work with Roman. Yeah. Or both. Because Roman Roman's situation See that's is that's the whole thing. Yeah, Roman, that's the whole thing with WWE guy like right Omega. now is directionless. It's WWE right now is directionless. They put all their eggs in one guy and that guy is not in the picture for the foreseeable future, and that's one of the many reasons why Raw is just not good. There is no at this particular point in time, if you were to say who's the top guy no one comes to mind. Rollins. So there is a void. Rollins. So, yeah, Rollins. But, yeah, but he's not a he's not a mainstream marketable marquee guy like Roman was. So if Kenny was to go there right now, at this point in time, like right now, if if he loses to Tana and then we hear a report that 
he had a conversation with Vince or Triple H. If he goes to WWE right now, he will become the top guy mm. because he will fill that void. Because the rumor is, is and again, I have to be very careful because we talked about this on the uh, private page, on the private message thing. Uh, to those fans that don't know, there is going to be a Golden Lover documentary on HBO, on HBO Sports. And the rumor is, is that in this documentary, Kenny will openly come out as gay. And I think most fans know that he's gay. Pretty um, obvious. Yeah, right. You know, but he has not openly come out as gay. So that's a big deal because he's one of the he's basically the one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler in the world. Right. And WWE is a huge PR marketing machine. So if he came you know to what WWE, the WWE PR machine would do with that. That's what I'm saying. Right. So if you take that combined with the fact that he's filling this void a huge void that Roman's left left behind. And when you combine the fact that, you know, SmackDown is going to Fox later, I think for those reasons and those reasons alone, that would be why he goes. Not because he wants to go there or because of... Yeah, but I, oh, Kenny also strikes me as a guy who looks at what opportunities are there. And I'm not just talking about what you're yeah. talking about. With he would be the main guy. How many times are you going to wrestle Cody? How many times are you going to wrestle the Bucks? How many times are you going to do six mans with them? How many times are you going to wrestle maybe, you know, Jericho? Well, whatever happens, I don't think that... Um, or... I, I don't think he's going to be part of... I don't think he is going to be a full-time performer with AEW. Uh, I think that's something that we could probably could agree on. Because yeah. this whole distancing himself from the elite... It's, you you got to read between the lines. You know, J JCD mentioned a lot of points there. He's he's kind of very slowly distancing himself. And I think that whatever Omega does, Abushi does. And whatever Abushi does, Omega does. Because I mean, Abushi shows up at another takeover. He ain't ever leaving. <laughs> we already talked about Triple H. We already talked about uh, any fans putting any a full lockdown in that arena. Yeah, yeah. Just Damn JCD right. and I have like this long term. <laughs> JCD and I have like this inside joke where like if Triple H ever saw Abushi again, he'd shake his hand, he'd smile. You know, like how politicians do the thing, like where they handshake and like they whisper something. He's gonna shake Abushi's hand. He's gonna it's walk gonna up like, like it's gonna be like that scene from Bronx Tale. Now you can't leave. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna get, he's gonna get Briscoe and Patterson. He's gonna be like, off the fucking door now, <laughs> or something. Yeah. He's, gonna, he's gonna like, he's gonna like handcuff him and hanging over uh, a, a pool of sharks with lasers, like this fucking. It's gonna be like that scene powers. from Be Cool. It's gonna be like that scene from Be Cool where they're hanging Vince Vaughn off the window, <laughs> off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be like, we just need you to sign this contract. That's all. Just sign this contract. Yep. <laughs> Some death row shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. Wow. We just took, we just took Todd's show over. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the first time. Me and Hope did this once before. We've done it to Nate a million times. <laughs> all right. It's all right. I feel like and, we're and getting hey, like, positive. I haven't talked about him. Oh, what was that, Todd? I said I just feel like we're getting positive info and feedback on this when you guys do that, so that's fine. Oh, okay. And, okay. and you were gone, JCD. I'm really hungover, so you guys are actually doing me a favor. 
right, so dude, you have no, dude, you have no idea how tired I'm, I am. Wait, <laughs> wait, till you do the, wait till you have kids and you do the holidays. Jesus, right. fuck. I'm probably done this at the beginning. All right, so to any uh, first-time watchers out there, um, probably the best <laughs> advice I can give any, uh, like, if this is your first time watching Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. for starters, it's on Friday this year, so really lucky. Usually it's, like, on Tuesday or Wednesday. On or Monday. Something. How many times on January 4th well, been on a Monday? The, the, thing, the thing is now, so I really just got my, my whole – day crushed because i was on the impression that it was friday into saturday but it's not right it's thursday it's into thursday friday. Into fr- yeah it's tomorrow mm-hmm. night into friday yeah so that's yeah. that really sucks but yeah 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 so to anyone out there if you're gonna watch this live um obviously like 4 a.m yeah it's, it's too late now so try to get try to get uh you know your day off work if you can uh if if and uh, what you really want to do is you want to go, go to sleep, sleep now yeah you want to go to sleep now i guess 11 or late like 11 right you want to go to sleep early unless you're just a night owl and you're like a fucking insomniac like me you want to you want to go to sleep early have your alarm clock to wake you up like at 1 one fifteen something mm-hmm. the show starts at 2 a.m eastern standard time and watching it live Oh man, there's there's not that much I can say about watching Wrestle Kingdom live. It's one of the best feelings ever. If yeah. you can't do it, if it's too much for you, then what you have to do is just go to sleep and just wake up in the morning and watch it. Then. And but don't go on Twitter. Avoid, do not go on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, do not. Do not. Avoid Twitter <laughs> like a fucking flex. Avoid Twitter. Avoid Facebook. Avoid YouTube. I don't care. Like, do not turn it on. You got to lock everything out. So. And, oh. and to be completely honest with everybody who's watching for the first time, Really, really solid chance you're not gonna make it. Really solid chance. No, you're not you, you're, you're right. You're almost better getting up at like three thirty and trying to catch like the second half. Although yeah. the fact that Osprey and Abushi are gonna kill each other right, right at two a.m. Well, the thing, that's the thing. So like, so I've been watching New Japan since 2012, right? And I've watched this will be my my sixth or seventh Wrestle Kingdom. I have never made it through one, and that's a diehard fan in, in me. And I. I can never make it through. I always fall asleep and, you know, just DVR it or catch it on New Japan World afterwards. That's yeah, what I usually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a rough, rough time. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was one time I was out at a bar and I went home. It doesn't matter else. where you were. I went home <laughs> somewhere else. And I think, uh, I want to say it was Toph actually in the group saying, Omega versus Okada is happening. It's about to start, and I left this girl's house to go home to watch <laughs> that, and then passed out. Yeah, yeah. If you want to try and get up for the main events and the big matches, probably get up at like four a.m. Eastern Standard Time, four or five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, well, gentlemen, thank you for coming on. Worse. Not a problem. Yeah. What are you doing, Tom, JCD? I, I'm trying to decipher what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, we normally play Where in the World is JCD, but. You can never figure out what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> like know, before, I'm, I knew you were microwaving something because I heard the. You know, thing I'm, going. I'm, I'm legitimately surprised that they haven't done a live action Where in the World is Carmen San Diego yet. Seems like a pretty easy <laughs> thing to now, what, where was it? Where was I last year, Todd? In one night, I went to Lids to pick up my Seattle Mariners hat. You were at the mall. I went. I, yeah, I was at the mall. I picked up. Like I did like nineteen different things one night. 
You went to the SCU in the Lego store. That's right. <laughs> I will tell you the uh, having John on on podcasts and hearing his children in the background. I like children, granted. They, 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 but John is Trendy. the best birth control around. <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> I'm. I'm I don't even know how to deal with that. <laughs> Damn, that, that just shut up JCD. Well, I, just, I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I'm just saying okay, yeah, for me personally, for me personally, he is the best, best birth control because I, I, I don't like kids crying. So. <laughs> okay. Well, Everyone cries when they're kids. That's right? fair. That's a fair point. Um. Aaron and Toph, we definitely got to have you guys back on for sure because we got to do the anything but credible questions. And I don't want to do that without Jim. So I think it's appropriate with what happened today. But if you want to know where Jim Stout is, you got to call the WCW hotline 1 900 909 9900. Kids, don't forget to get your parents' permission before you how, call. How terrible is that? It's crazy, too, because I've been joking about him for, like, the past um, two or three months because I always thought, like, this would be a great time for the hotline. I, I could imagine. I could I could see myself watching Raw, and you could see Mean Gene saying, Kids, boys and girls, we got some information about a particular young buck who might be coming soon, very soon, to WWE Raw. And it turns out that there could be some alpha and omega proportions coming <laughs> to your Tuesday night because flight. He, because he's at a crossroads in his life. <laughs> <laughs> so he has like to turn the clip page. Of, uh, that sports announcer, you guys, I sent you that clip, right? Yeah. That sports announcer yeah. referencing everything about the elite. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you mm-hmm. call in and then he, like, he just talks about nothing for like five minutes to raise up the bill. <laughs> the, the best part about that. Uh, sports announcer though is his like friend his, the other anchor goes oh I thought you were going to bring up some wrestling terms and the guy's like nope <laughs> nope <laughs> that was about Greg Kittle how, and how great was Greg Kittle Greg Kittle right I think it was after that game or the next game was like yeah guys I, I gotta oh, go yeah. I'm going to TLC or something or <laughs> yeah you guys are killing me <laughs> yep just uh I want to slide in a couple oh, just a cheap plug real quick um if you are interested in everyone's year-end awards, we, of course, have one, too. Uh, if you head over to the Twitter account, at PWP Nation, we just posted uh, a good majority of the awards. And uh, just interesting, uh, some interesting results over there. So, And of sooner rather than later, we're going to start lining up our WrestleMania weekend, uh, what, what we've got, who we've got, where and what, right? Yeah, you've got uh, quite a card you got there. Right, since, uh, I'm not even talking about the card. I'm talking about like oh. us, like who's gonna be where? Because I know I'm going. Oh, like Jay's right. going. Yeah. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm on the fence right now. I'm not quite is. sure. Since since Todd said fuck the Rangers, I want to do one last shout out. I thought the best laugh of 2018 <laughs> was that fucking being the elite when SEU was in where were they? Like I think they were in San Antonio, wherever the Alamo is. Yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, and they talked about <laughs> they talked about since they weren't from SCU, they because they weren't from. Uh, Daniel said if 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 the Texans were from Southern California, they would have fought harder <laughs> because they weren't from <laughs> SCU. They were happy to die. <laughs> I was like, by, holy. By fuck. the way, we I don't think we talked about this much, but oh, I think it's one lost, of the things that Sean lost his fucking smile. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of the best things that. 
kind of went under the table, I guess, because of the holidays and the end of the year stuff. But how great was it when Daniels was all about the local town they were in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can live in Pittsburgh. I can live next to Kurt Angle. <laughs> They're just passing out these towels, guys. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Oh, uh, real quick. Does anybody have any uh, Twitter handles that you want people to follow you at? Uh, yeah, my new one since I got kicked off. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's right. You did. That's unfortunate. Well, stop <laughs> threatening people. <sighs> he talked about coming into my home. I think I was justified. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what is what is my new one? I'm so lost. <laughs> at JCD zero six one three. Of course, it has like random number. What what do those numbers mean? That's my wedding anniversary. Ah, uh, okay. okay. What, what were the last ones? One two one nine is my birthday. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, my, you you wish me a happy birthday. You should know I this. I did. I did. My, my Twitter handle. Uh, people think I did it on purpose. J J from PWP was the one that told me to get into Twitter. And I named myself my Twitter account Tolf Knows Best, which was just random. Because at the time, <laughs> yeah, right. At the time, like when, because Jay and I were just going back and back and forth. Jay and I talk about all types of random shit. And he, he was watching Hogan Knows Best, the OVH1 show. So I was like, fine. So then I named my Twitter handle Tolf Knows Best. And then, like, literally the very next day, that Hogan racist story leaked. And everyone <laughs> thinks. Everyone thinks that like I did that on purpose. I swear to God, like it was a coincidence, dude. It was a coincidence. It just happened that way, you know. And then, and then, and then uh, the fucker blocked me, thinking I did it to be funny. Like I, I, I tried to tell him, like, dude, like it was a joke. It's just a joke, bro. Wait, wait, Hogan blocked you? <laughs> yes, because he thought, because he, because you know, because Hogan follows Jay. So I guess he saw my handle and thought I was trying to be like funny. Like, but no, <laughs> that's how it happened. It was just a joke. I got a happy birthday from Hogan two years ago. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Aaron underscore PWP, E-R-O-N underscore PWP. And then uh, we mentioned the XFL tonight. Um, make sure you check out the XFL podcast presented by PWP Nation. Myself, nice. Brian Denny. Nice, oh, nice. I'll have to give that a listen. Big money, Brian Denny. Yeah. When does when when does he start doing against the spread and money line segments on that show? <laughs> well, we'll probably involve uh, gambling. It'll probably be uh, I think it'll be legal by then, won't it? It, it is be. now. Oh. Yeah, right. It is now, dude. You go you go to the MetLife Stadium. They got a uh, not federally, right? That's right. Hey, mean, listen, yeah. listen, listen. We got we got all the bigly issues to worry about then. Sports Big gambling, league. okay? Oh God, let's not <laughs> let's not start. <laughs> um, no, Lands has a fan duel. Right in at MetLife Stadium, they have a they have a fan duel right in, so you'll be able to bet on the New York, New Jersey team, right from the start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're gonna we, we're doing occasional podcasts until the uh, the launch happens, and then we'll be weekly at that point. But should be fun, interesting, nice. Can't wait, can't wait. I'll definitely be going Unpopular to some back games next Friday. Next Friday, since we're plugging stuff, yeah. Next Friday. What's next Friday? I said Unpopular will be back next Friday. Oh. Oh yes, 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 yes. We'll be going through the shows again. Nice, yeah. nice. Can't wait, yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate your time. All right, I'm gonna go pass out. All right, <laughs> so <good>. am I. <laughs>
Alright, you did it. You made it through. Pat yourself on the back. Congratulations. You, you made it through the preview episode for Wrestle Kingdom 13, which I'm excited for. Are you at excited? It's at 4 a.m., right? It's like at 4 or 3 a.m. our time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm sure you'll show me the best parts. Yeah. Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Chris Jericho versus Naito. Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. That match is going to be a match that you definitely don't want to miss. Definitely won't want to miss that. Are they flippy? Yes. Kota Ibushi? He's crazy. I knew he was. Okay. I don't know why you always forget who Will Ospreay is. Will Ospreay was in the match against Ricochet. That was like where they go crazy. Mm. Cheerio, motherfucker. (laughs) Do you remember that part? He jumps off the ropes and he says that? I think so. God. I know. Memory. If it's not Tommaso Ciampa, I don't care. If it's not Cody Rhodes or the Young Bucks, I don't care. Pretty much. Uh, this is their this is their swan song for New Japan. The Bucks. Yeah, this is it. Cody. Yeah. Paige. Bye. All Elite Wrestling. I hate you. Why? Just I listen kidding. to some things Just you say. Kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But I'm excited. Wrestle Kingdom 13. Can't wait. Tokyo Dome. Let's go. Alright. Uh real quick, you got three shout outs you wanna do by any chance? Oh, way to put me on the spot. Um Alright, we'll do shout out to two thousand nineteen. I'm not doing any New Year's resolutions because they're stupid. So shout out to two thousand nineteen, no New Year's resolutions. Um number two, shout out to, you know, Stoutsy for for not being here and for pooping his brains out, so Shout out to him, and we'll do shout out to uh, Hulu. I'm really, I'm really loving some shows on there. To Hulu, yeah, that's your third one. That's my third one. They're making <laughs> me happy. Weak. Put me on the spot. Uh, my number one shout out, uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in power. It's like one of the greatest like interviewers of all time for professional wrestling. I actually know who he is. Yep. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Rest in peace, Mean Gene. We'll miss you. Uh, number two, shout out to the fucking elite. AEW, it's a real thing. Double or nothing. Are we going? I think we're going to go. I think I say we skip out on the 1975 concert and go to All In 2. Double or nothing. I think we go. Got to bring the crew this time, though. Yep. Yes, we do. Yes, Cause, we do. Because we went the first time. I'm like, this, this is actually pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And number three, uh, man, I don't even know. I don't even know. My number three, I'm just going to say. Pizza? Uh, Dinner? Yeah, I'm going to get a piece <laughs> of pizza. Shout out to Finland in the World Juniors right now. They just eliminated Canada. This is the first time ever that in, that when the World Juniors have been played in Canada, Canada will not get a medal in the World Juniors. That's nuts. Hockey. It's nuts. And Finland just eliminated Canada in overtime, beating them 2-1 to one in the quarterfinals. Canada is out. Canada is dead. USA has a chance. Oh, just because Canada's gone? Yes, because I think every team has a shot now. Let's not forget those, Canada those won. Those poor Canadians. Canada won the other night, 14 to nothing. Holy shit. And now they are out. That's insane. That's crushing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, eh? <laughs> 
All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> you can go follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Trick1042. You can follow our podcast, Offended, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Periscope at Offended Pod. Make sure to go follow PWP Nation at PWP Nation on social media platforms as well. Make sure to go buy our T-shirt at www.prowrestlingtees.com slash offended-podcast. Uh, make sure to go listen to our Spotify playlist at Offended Presents Songs of the Week. Uh, the wrap-up will be back soon once Jim stops pooping. That was going to be my third shout-out was to get well, Jim. That was it. That's, that's what I said. That was it. Get well, Jim. Jim, get, get well. Get well. Jim. Feel better. Jimmy James, feel better. I miss fighting with you all the time. I feel weird doing this podcast without him right now. It's weird. I know. This is weird. When I first started the interview, I was like, uh, 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 uh and then I was like, all these Japanese wrestlers' names I can't pronounce correctly, so Tof had to do it for me. Aw, man. Yeah, He's struggling. He's well, struggling, Stoutsy. Naked lady, thank you for stepping in, You're stepping quite out. quite welcome. And yeah, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. See you later.